The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. McDonald's! And yes, thank you. Yes, thank you very much for the birthday wishes. Tone just asked me, how do you feel? I go, dumber. <laughs> as, as I'm getting older, I feel dumber. Thank you very much, man. Really cool. Yeah. Yep. I don't know, man. Hey, Sue, I used to think that that was a really great day. Now I'm going like this. Jesus. Holy cow, right? Okay, I guess so. It, it, but, but hey, do not, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop it. Philly people, are you crazy? Yes, listen, listen. Get it out now. Get it out now. Go ahead. Hey, this is not going to change my attitude. Okay, you're not going to soften me up here. I am going to say something very kind about A.J. Brown, though. Here in a minute. <laughs> hey, flexing, thank you, man. Hey, you guys are all awesome, man. Listen, M- MG, all you guys that have other opportunities to go other places and spend your time, you come here and spend it with me. And that, thank you. Capricorn. Hey, Tone's Capricorn. No wonder we work together well. You know what? I got to say something about tone real quick. 30D, thank you. One of our loyal guys, you all guys. (laughs) Jaron, I hate you. Perfect guest. Perfect viewer. See that? Jaron, love you. That's the guy I want. See, I think tone's now coming around with big sills. At first, he's like, yeah, the rumors. I don't know, man. A lot of shit written about this guy. I got to kind of feel it out a little bit. You know? Then some days you can, I can always tell Tone don't save much. This was back in the day. Now he gets it. You know, you need to go, a couple of days you go quiet. Guy's talking shit, man. What the hell's going on here on my boy Jalen and my boy Nick? <laughs> All of a sudden now, you know what he's doing? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, because he's a Capricorn. You know what Capricorns do? Hey, you know, you're not quite going to be my boy right away. (laughs) Am I right, Tone? Hey, you're not going to be my boy right away. Hey, you know what? I'll be cordial with you. But you know what? We're going to check the scale out a little bit. And then we're going to see if it goes here or if it goes here. That's why we work well together. Okay? Truly. Uh, uh, AJ just killed the BS media. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Stugatz. I know. Bonafortuna. I got to tell you something. Let me start with 
Nick Sirianni. And I heard A.J. Brown say something um, in that presser or in that scrum or whatever it was when he was during his media session. Nick fell on the sword for us with the final play. I don't also happy. (laughs) Thank you, LJ. Let me ask you this. Why would Nick fall on the sword and not call his players out? Thank you, Big Marshall. Why wouldn't he just call his players out? Hey, they made the play up. They improvised. It's not something we would have done. But hey, I'm not going to shit on somebody. What We're, we're going to get to that here in a second. I think this is an organizational problem here. Nick, why are you falling on the sword? You didn't have to. The players want you to fall, not fall on the sword. Why are you apologizing and making a lie up and a story up? It hurts your credibility more. So get this. They thought that they were going to get pass interference was a lie on top of a dumb comment. There's no rhyme or reason for that. That's right, Bill. That's right, Bill. It just doesn't. Why would you make a lie up about something that never happened? It 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 hurts your incred. It hurts your credibility incredibly when you're making stuff up that didn't exist, and then you get called out on it. Well, that never really happened. There was no play. Nobody was trying to get past interference. Nick made that up at the podium. That's basically what A.J. Brown said. Why do you have to do that? It makes people not trust you. Hence losing your locker room. It means you're not genuine. That makes no sense. Get this. It's even dumber now that we know the truth. He got in front of a microphone and fabricated fabricated a story that never existed. They weren't trying to get past interference. He made that up on the spot. Or he was told to say, I don't know. AJ confirmed that Nick's a bullshit artist. Yes, Marshall. Dude, you did more harm to your credibility today. And the Eagles did more harm to Nick Sirianni's credibility today by putting AJ up there if they just didn't address anything and move forward and think about the New York Giants. It just, that's right. That's why. That's right. ZZ, just beat the freaking Giants. Worry about the Giants Sunday. You're worried about public perception more? Come on, man. And by the way, what does it say that A.J. Brown thinks that the football team needs a picnic and that these guys have to have a kumbaya session? Or like a wagon train and singing Christmas carols and go out caroling or sit around 
at a park together so they can all play flag football. What does that say about your locker room? That your locker room has to have a picnic as you're trying to win home field advantage. I mean, I give it to AJ trying to keep everything together. What that tells me with AJ having a kumbaya session that people are now in during clicks now in the locker room. It's fractured. You got parts of the team that believe and you got parts of the team that don't. You got parts of the team that kind of. There's only three rooms to be in. Dude, it just makes no, today made kind of like it, it was like, get this, the Eagles, Bob Lang, and the PR department put everybody in a hazmat suit. And they went out and did nuclear waste cleanup because of the meltdown that's happened over the last month. They're making it worse. You know how they're making it worse? By not addressing the thing that's in front of you. The Giants. These guys are more worried about what's behind them right now. And they're not focused on what's in front of them. Dude, you need to put that shit. Look, you know, I've always had a rule that when things in my life get too built up, you know what I do? There's like, because that means like your table's cluttered. Dude, I clean off my desk and have four things that matter the most to me. And I work back from there to everything else. Because if you have all that shit on your desk and your whole life is cluttered like that, you'll never get the one thing. You'll never get the one thing. Tyrod going to look like Lamar this week. I, I believe it. There's no authority figure with the head coach. Thank, hey, guys, thank you so much for all the stuff when it comes to happy birthday. But am I, hey, did I, did I read that press session wrong with Hertz? How, how, how about Jalen coming up and going, hey, A.J. Brown showed leadership. He did. I think A.J. said a lot. If you listen to him clearly. Dude, this was about the coaches. And the lack of trust with the coaches. This wasn't about the play. This was players versus the organization today. That's what that thing was. By the way, Ice Cube's going to join us at 4.30. We'll have a little fun talking sports. And our good friend will join us. I love getting him on. Big three owner of the league. By the way, the NBA hates him. And I don't know why. Ice Cube's politics. An anti-vaxxer. I don't know why the NBA hates him. Looks like Carmelo Anthony may play in the big three. I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to talk to him. He's our friend. He'll join us at 4.30. So we'll have a little fun with Ice Cube. Um, it just makes no sense. Let me get to the topics here. Guys. Why are the Eagles afraid of constructive criticism? Why are they afraid of constructive criticism? Why are they afraid to levy it at coaches or players? What is the problem? 
Okay. Happy birthday. AJ is taking us all for hey, I hey. Dude, Ross, I think he was a leader today. Why are they afraid of constructive criticism? You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Let me tell you this, and I'll tell you a story about how coaches, great coaches, have constructive criticism. You got certain coaches, when they criticize you, you know they're coming from a place of harm. Then you got certain coaches that criticize you that come from a place of love and wanting to get you better because they admit they're vulnerable. KD, how about this one? I told you the story before. My coach used to get on my shit every day, Jimmy Johnson. He rode me like a dog every time, man, because I was very combative when I was a young kid. Thank you, Greasy. I was very combative. I was an angry kid at times. Okay? You know, the guy I am now, it's taken me a long time to get to. Because when I was younger, I wasn't the kindest guy on the planet, and I fought a lot. I got into a lot of fights. And I was very, very combative. And my, my time at Maryland indicated that and really made a poor reputation for me because that coach that was there, that D-line coach, not Bobby Ross, but that D-line coach, Denny Murphy, hated my guts. He took plays away from me. He took tackle. I hated the guy. I broke their bench press record as a freshman. I played as a freshman. He couldn't stand that I was good. I still won an ACC. T- I, I hated that guy. And then I got in trouble when the first sign of it, they threw me off the team. So I get to Miami. Jimmy rode me like a horse. And I saw the difference between someone coming from a place of love and someone coming from a place of truth. And then also a place where they were counterproductive and you didn't believe them. He rode me, and I finally just in the middle of practice. And Betty, excuse me, but I said this. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you on my ass so much? He stopped and goes, hey, man, worry when I'm not on your ass. I got this big. I got this big. Now get your fucking ass back in the line and do what I told you. Only time he ever hollered at me. That small. He thought me ha- he thought he had me another time. He was testing my character when I first got to UM. I had taken some blankets and some towels because I had forgotten them at home. When I up in Connecticut, I, I got to Miami. I had nothing in my bed. And I had taken some from the Shoeless Hotel, towels and, and sheets. 
Jimmy calls me over. He goes, did you steal that shit? That's where we stay for our home games. Why did you do that? Did you do that? I said, I did, coach. He goes, why? I said, because I don't have any blankets or sheets. Good God almighty. Why didn't you tell me? Coach, not something you tell anybody, is it? Get back in line. I show up the next day at my room, my dorm room. There's sheets, towels, toiletries, soap, shampoo. I walk over to him the next day, and I and I go, Coach, thank you. He goes, for what? Because back then, that shit was illegal. I said, he goes, for what? He goes, don't do that dumb shit again. Okay, just don't. But I was one of those guys you had to ride. But when Jimmy told me something, I bought it, and I believed it because I knew it was coming from a place of love. When I look at Nick Sirianni, I don't believe it. If Nick Sirianni started talking to me in a team meeting room, I would look at this guy and I would be like this. I know half that room doesn't believe him. You may have the veteran guys in the room, like A.J. Brown and Jason Kelsey trying to keep it together, but the other young players, they don't believe him. Half that locker room doesn't believe Nick. The veteran guys, they believe in Nick in spite of Nick. Okay? They're they're being locker room leaders. They're doing the best they can to keep it together. It's the players that were 10 and 1. They're doing the best they can. With all the chaos going above them, don't we not agree? The chaos is above them. And and get this, the players want to be criticized. You know why? Because then the players, I'm going to tell you why the players don't criticize. Hey, Tone, think about this, guys. You know why the players and the coaches don't criticize the players? You know why they don't? Because they're afraid the players will fire back and say, well, let me tell you what's actually going on. You see, no one's fired the first shot yet. AJ's trying so hard. Jalen tried to fire the first shot. Remember, they made him walk it back. Now they made AJ walk his non-communication stance back. Look what they're doing. They're making these guys walk their stances back. They don't even let the players Show leadership. How are you going to let a coach show leadership? You have a fundamental problem in your organization, and it starts at the very top. Control is all they care about. You can't let these players open their mouth to tell things that are really on their mind because you are afraid of what they'll say. Am I wrong? That's why there's been no first shot fired. That's why Nick's lying about the final play in Seattle. Because they don't want the players to come out going, we didn't know what to do, so we made a play up. Can you imagine that? 
in a situation that you needed to win at Seattle, they had to make a play up at the end of the game. Think about that. How many other times has that gone on this year? And definitely during this poor stretch run of losing four or five. How many times has that gone on where they've had to improvise? Because they have no direction. Guys. Nick Sirianni might, watch this. Nick Sirianni might be a good coach. Brian Johnson, Sean Desai might be a great coach. They did, really. You'll never know. Don't you find it odd that Andy Reid's a better coach in Kansas City than he was in Philly? No, I get it. 15's in the room. I, I, I totally get it. But there's no coincidence that if Doug wins this weekend also, he'll win his second division title in two years. I'm watching Jonathan Gannon outcoach Nick Sirianni with a shit team. I'm watching Shane Steichen battle, having horrible ownership above him with a third or what is it, second? What it Minshew's the second backup team quarterback guy? And he's battling for a playoff spot. That's in spite. Get this. Jeffrey Lurie's not a bad owner. He's just a too controlling owner. It's too controlling. Why are they so afraid to let people be? Is it that? I'll tell you, man, I don't know who has a bigger ego, Jeffrey Lurie or Jerry Jones. Jerry's got three rings at least. Man, the press conferences today were all over the place. Those media sessions, all you had to do was listen to the players. And all you had to know, how can I have only three years covering your team? And I saw the nuclear waste cleanup today. The organization in Bob Lang and the Eagles made those players since Hertz said something about accountability, walk back everything that they're standing on. A.J. Brown should not have had a press session today. That's up to people to interpret it. They didn't want the media people to interpret that you're talking about the coaches. That's how anal they are. They're so anal. And how they do business, that they didn't want you to have any kind of notion that the coaches were the ones that they were singling out, when in reality, everyone knows it. It's, get this, I heard something today. What was that guy's name that you had on there, Tone? Jeff Kerr? He said something today, the guy from CBS. 
who does a really good job. I've heard him on with Birds 365. And I heard him say something, and this all makes sense now. And Tone was probably the only one that didn't gloss over it as much. But this really tells you where you're, why I say you're a five win team in two years. Howie has no ability to maintain success, he struggles at it. He's not consistently successful. You know why? He's insecure in what he's doing and who he hires. The level of consistency with that general manager is pathetic. He's, get this, Howie is able to build a 14-3 and team. But in two years, he's also able to have a 4-11-1 team. I mean, he his, his level of being able to maintain success. Look at Baltimore. Look at the Steelers. Because you know why? They don't panic. And when they hire somebody, they let those guys do their jobs. If you're head of scouting, you're head of scouting. If you're the head football coach, you're the head football coach. You're not kind of the head football coach. Here's a perfect example of that. When Sean Desai was hired, the day he was hired, you could have wrote down the days when he would be fired when they hired a babysitter right next to him because everyone was doing this. What's Matt Patricia doing here? What's he doing here? So you kind of like Sean Desai? Is that what that was? No, he's an executive assistant to the... Um, janitor, and he also, you know, cleans up and brings coffee, and you know, he 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 has his own he has his own way to get to work every day. We don't need to pick him up in a vehicle or anything. He's you're like, what the hell kind of gig is this? They're afraid to empower people. Nick Sirianni's lying again at a press conference. During his media session, he he's 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 saying, "Hey, man, you know, I know we're all frustrated and all." And AJ Brown just comes out and goes, "That last play in Seattle never was like that. Nobody was thinking about getting pass interference. We made it up. They fell on the sword." And that one comment that AJ Brown said, all he said right there was, "Nick got up." And went into this diatribe and how he, now I know when he over-explains something, he's lying. I came away today listening to A.J. Brown, Nick Sirianni, and Jalen Hurts thinking that Nick Sirianni is an even more bigger bullshit artist. I mean... But yet, you know what? I'll tell you one thing that I'm really pretty excited about. Those guys at the Inquirer, when they smell blood, 
You know what's funny? They're going to give you the latitude, but one day smell blood, they're going to hit you with it. And they're going to come at you. And they are now. Because you know why? No one likes to be bullshitted and lied to when that's your job on the line and that's how you put food on the table. You know, you start writing columns and you start going back and looking at things you wrote about culture and all this other really good shit that everyone was talking about and how Nick was this and Nick was that. All of a sudden you're going, hey, I don't know, man. Those articles don't look genuine from me now. Let me say this to you. See what 11 says? I think Sills is excited because we're going to drop it in the playoffs. I want you to win the Super Bowl. And why would I say that, 11? Because it's great for my show. Once again, you have me pegged wrong. I'm not praying for your demise. I pray for your successes. It's good for my show and my job. Why would I want that to go away? To do what? Talk about the Flyers? Not that they're playing bad. A.J. Brown called out Marcus Hayes from the Inquirer almost immediately for his report. I don't know what to make of all this drama now. Hey, do me a favor. Tone, refresh what... um, Marcus Hayes reported. By the way, I actually like that guy's work. I I actually like his work. I think he does a really good job. And I think he just does what I do. He reports what he sees and feels. And I like columnists like that. As long as you know that's where that's coming from, how he feels and what he sees, and you know it's kind of more like an op-ed instead of being a beat reporter, there's a difference in being a beat reporter and adding your opinion when you're a beat reporter. Beat reporters who add their opinion, you're not a journalist. You're an op-ed guy. That's okay. Op-ed guys are all right, too. There's forms of journalism. I did go to school for that. But again, at the end of the day here, okay, so Marcus Hayes gives his opinion and AJ calls him out. Now you've got even more drama. And now you know what you're going to get with AJ Brown, in my opinion? Let me ask you this. How do you think the Philly media is now going to handle AJ Brown now? Like T.O. or like a leader? Because these media guys... These guys are thick as thieves like players are thick as thieves. They're going to hang with one another. They're going to back one another. Both media and the players. Now what you're starting to do is do something that the PR department with the Philadelphia Eagles doesn't want to do. You know what that is? They don't want an adversarial relationship with the local guys. I believe Hayes said Brown's behavior is splitting the locker room according to veterans. To make it worse, Hayes didn't show up to AJ's press conference after his report made huge waves all week. 
This is not a good look not to show up to a pressure if you ask me. I guarantee you Bob Lang asked him not to. I'll bet you a million dollars Marcus Hayes was asked not to show up to the presser. Before people start saying that Marcus didn't show up, you want to know and you may want to ask about accessibility. That's a thing that gets your key fob taken from you. That's a thing that gets your accessibility taken from you. When you make a report like that, the players don't like it in the organization. So before you start or anyone starts saying shit like that, you might want to sit there and go like this. Is it true first? And secondly, did the Eagles ask him not to show up to the presser? You don't know that yet. You just can't assume Marcus didn't. Why would Marcus Hayes not show up? What, to hear him say? It would make his story even bigger if he denied it. I would have showed up unless they told me not to. You got to get both sides of it. You can't. The Eagles want to give you one side of a story. Now, wait a minute. Get this. Some of you are not going to believe Marcus, but you'll believe Nick Sirianni. What a bunch of shit that is. What would give, what would make you think that Marcus Hayes is a liar and Nick and the Eagles aren't over the last month? Why are you giving? I've even heard Tone say this. Why are you going to give that organization the benefit of the doubt over a guy that covers the team in one incident? You take the word of the Eagles over a guy who's got no credibility issues in that city and you call him the liar? That's all you need to know about how you guys look at that team and that organization. You'll believe any fucking thing they say to you. Wow. They, they could bullshit you like nobody's business. I feel sad for some of you. I really do. I feel sad for some of you. I don't believe anybody in the media and with a football team. I don't believe anybody. I rationalize it out myself. Really, you've been lied to for a month. Guy makes a report, and he's the bigger liar. A.J. Brown just told you your coach lied today about the Seattle fiasco and the the infamous made-up story about the last play of the game. But Marcus Hayes, who I don't know from a can of paint, is a liar. Okay? You sound dumb when you do that. You, you sound dumb. That's right, Tone. Tone, that's the safest island to be on. You know what he says? Yeah, man. I'm at the point now where I can't believe anyone. That's where you should be. I don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt. I just follow the money and pay attention to the product at this point. <laughs> what he's saying is, for some of you that need to have a UN translator, hey, man, look at the team's actions and you make your own assessment. Off actions, not words and pressers and press sessions. Very simple. 
the team with the control and the team with the power. Dog, that's all you need to know, man. Marcus Hayes is a freaking liar, but yet, get this. The team's been lying to you for two months now. Sills, in your professional opinion, as a veteran, do you think AJ's actions are splitting the locker room? No. I think he's a leader. I think they're trying to paint him as T.O. now. I think people are trying to paint A.J. Brown as Terrell Owens. And I'm wrong, and I apologize for calling him T.O. Brown. I really did. I even apologized on my Twitter page. I apologize. He, he, they're saying the same shit that Terrell Owens did to the locker room in 04. Are they not? And get this. You have a quarterback... Look at the difference between that non-leader, loser of a quarterback mentality-wise, Donovan McNabb, compared to Jalen Hurts today. Jalen Hurts today said A.J. Brown was a leader today. McNabb would never have called Owens a leader, even if he wasn't. I just read the room and decide for myself. Jesus, big marshal, you have a mind of your own? Who would have thunk it? Tone's got a uh, a clip here. And I want to hear this. And I believe this is Marcus Hayes. Again, AJ has issues with something. I was told by his teammates, that it's with the coaching. I don't think that's a big stretch. I mean, we see him reacting to play calls on the field all the time. And um, I guess to his credit, he doesn't want to start more than what we're seeing. But um, there are a couple of players on the team I talked to, one of whom I quoted on background. When you're a captain and a leader and arguably the best player on the team, your body language matters. Oh, yeah. So, you know, AJ has been a great player and a great example on the field and a pretty good example off the field. But the the blow up on the sideline with Jalen re- resonates more now and his distaste or disgust with what's going on on the field resonates more now. And it's only amplified when he refute not only refuses to talk about it, but says, I'm not going to talk about it because I have bad things to say, then says there's nothing really to talk about. I think that's well done by Marcus Hayes. Uh, There's no problem there. So wait a minute. People are going to paint A.J. Brown as an asshole and a guy who blows up on the sidelines, but you got Nick Sirianni screaming at Chiefs fans. And he's the face of Philly. Really? You got a coach who's more emotional than A.J. Brown. And he acts like an asshole when he's in Arizona or he's in um, Kansas City or he's in Indianapolis screaming at fans. And A.J. Brown gets frustrated because the offense, he doesn't like the way it's rolling. And he's a cancer, right? 
I, I, I don't think there was anything wrong with what Marcus Hayes said. And I don't believe, I think if, if AJ Brown is taking that and people are taking that, that he is a distraction with his teammates. Hey, guess what? Your damn teammates need to stay. Hey, get this. If you got a problem with AJ Brown and what he's saying after what we've watched the last four or five games, I say this to you. Hey, F you. Okay? F you. I don't care. We suck right now. And if you don't like it, that's a you thing. AJ's not wrong. He's just an emotional guy. He's an emotional guy. Okay? Your coach is emotional. How many times have you seen Jalen Hurts have to calm your head football coach down because he's acting like an asshole on the sidelines. That's why I call him Nick Cheerleader. Oh, I see. Nick's the face of Philly. AJ's T.O. Wouldn't happen to be... Uh, nah. I won't go there. Most of you couldn't take that. Nah, I won't go there. It's my birthday. You got a coach who's been lying to you for two months, acts like an asshole on the sidelines. You got a football player that's been a superstar, best receiver in the history of the franchise, the two years he's been in the building, and he's a cancer now because he's calling out what everyone sees. About time someone did. About time someone had some balls. I never thought it'd be A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is everything that football team needs right now. Maybe the best. Hey, you want to hear You want to hear a positive? Maybe if they get all this off their chest now, it'll be beneficial in the playoffs. Why not clear the air now before it's too late? Why not clear the air now? What's wrong with clearing the air? What's wrong with saying this? We're getting too much bullshit information from upstairs. Coach, let us be. Did, didn't Kevin, Kevin, didn't Kevin Byard, didn't he come out? And here's another little tea leaf that you guys just walked over. Didn't he say this? You know, I think it'd be beneficial if the players had a little bit more say in the game planning. Didn't he say that? That thing just got walked over. No one said anything about it. Now that you look at all this now, that thing was another message that they were trying to send out to TP in a smoke signal. They were trying to send all that out there. That they were look at what they've been trying to do. Jalen Hurts calling about accountability. Let us be more part of the game plan. AJ not talking because he doesn't want to say shit about the coaches. My God almighty, it's right in front of you. This is self-inflicted wounds on a football team that was this close from winning a Super Bowl. You are now a Grand Canyon away from winning it. If you open your eyes. This is not hard to figure out. 
It's not hard to figure out. Michael says, you're the only one besides myself who thought and felt the same, big guy. We have backward-ass city when it comes to certain people. You know what I mean. Great point. Yep, well, Michael, always remember, when you bring race into something, it makes people uncomfortable, and people don't like to be uncomfortable. I like to put people in comfortable situations because you see their first reaction is usually the one that's underneath and who they are. The defense can't stop a nosebleed. Four straight TD drives against the Cardinals. That was Cooper Cup making those comments. What do you think would be going on? To be talking about Cooper Cup in Philadelphia like he was a the reigning hero. You would think he was Caesar rowing through the gates of Rome. Conquering hero. A.J. Brown says it. He's T.O. How'd you get there? Let me guess. Black angry guy. That's such a stereotype. Why did you... Same with Marcus Hayes. What, why, why, are you, why, why would you not give people... You gave Nick and the organization the benefit of the doubt. All this time. And you can't give A.J. Brown and Marcus Hayes the benefit for a day. I didn't think what that guy said on Birds 365... I don't I I didn't disagree with anything he said. People made that into being guys in the locker room and teammates in the locker room don't like what AJ saying. No. They don't like what the coaches are doing. You made that up. That's one of the realest stereotypes on the planet. Don't let me get frustrated one day. <laughs> Sales, the world will come to an end. Are you kidding me, Tone? I used to bring that up all the time. But hey, you know me. Big Sales puts his foot in his mouth. Black athletes are covered differently. Shit, black media people are covered differently. Prime example of it today. You stereotyped AJ Brown. Instead of giving him the benefit, he's a cancer in the locker room, is what people are adding on to that. That I if that is the comment that Marcus Hayes is being singled out for. Actually, do you know what I think A.J. Brown did by singling him out? I think he accentuated the story more for people to go back and read and listen. Actually, I think it's a stroke of genius by A.J. Because now people are going to go back and listen. I had no problem with anything Marcus Hayes said. Okay? You're the media and the fans and everyone are the ones that added on 
he's fracturing the locker room. Where did that come out of that comment that he was on with Birds 365 that he was – I didn't hear Marcus Hayes say that he fractured the locker room. Where, where did that come from? That just pop out of the ether? Sills, what is the team – what is the root of the team's problems? Ownership wants too much control of every single person and every single thing that is associated with the Philadelphia Eagles on a game day basis. Everything that Doug said, every single thing, Mike, that Doug said years ago and all those so-called stories were out there are without a fact true. There's no doubt that I believe that Howie Roseman gives Nick Sirianni the active list on who's playing on Sundays. And then they have to put a game plan around that on Saturday. And that's why they look at what they're doing. And I'm going to give you a prime example of that right now. That their game plan is not on game day. It's on Saturday night. That's why they don't know what to do in the second half. Do you want me to tell you and show you? Brian Johnson at his press session said, sometimes we have to force the ball to A.J. Brown. So no matter what, on a Saturday, you're drawing up forced plays to A.J. Brown, no matter what the coverage is. And not knowing before you even get into the game what kind of coverage you're going to throw at you. When Brady would go at players or coaches on the sideline, it was a look at his passion. Well, there's a lot of equity there, too. There's a lot of equity. Here's A.J. Brown here. Everything that I do, if I say something, I do anything, I'm, I'm, I'm classified as a monster, you know? Honestly, you know, and, it, and it's, it is honestly the, the opposite. Can we turn that up anyway, Tone? It wasn't about the play call. It wasn't about none of that. It was about my guy getting banged up. Now, we're going to need, I'm going to need Smitty moving forward, you know? And uh, so, uh, but that was that was it. You know, I apologize to my teammates today, you know, because uh, they shouldn't have to have to answer questions on my behalf. You know, I'm a man. I can speak for myself. I was actually looking forward to seeing one of the reporters here today because I wanted to ask him a question. I'm still going to ask the question because... Um, he, he wrote a story, and I did, I did read the story. It was about uh, he said a veteran said something about me and this and that. So I was going to ask him who was the veteran, you know, because uh, I just I know who I am, and I know that's 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 not you know you can portray me however you want to portray me, but you know what I'm saying at the end of the day, like I know who I am, and so uh, so I try to be careful what I say because you guys are still gonna write. Write it up however you want to write it up. I was a journalism major. Like, I, that's what you, that's what your job. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I'm not upset at none of y'all or wherever, but I just went to come with it. So. Why did you feel? Hey, Tone, let me play that one more time, please. Play that one more time. I'm gonna, I, I wanna, I want I wanna listen to it clearly because I got it. I wanna, I wanna play that one more time here because I think this is exactly what we're talking about here. Everything that I do. If I say something, I do anything, I'm, I'm, I'm classified as a monster, you know, honestly, you know, and it, and it's, it is honestly the, the, the opposite, you know, you saw my frustration on the field, it wasn't about the play call, it wasn't about none of that, it was about my guy getting banged up, 
now. We're gonna need. I'm gonna need Smitty moving forward. You know, and uh, so. Uh, but that was that was it. You know, I apologize to my teammates today. You know, because uh, they shouldn't have to have to answer questions on my behalf. You know, I'm a man. I can speak for myself. I was actually looking forward to seeing one of the reporters here today because I wanted to ask him a question. I'm still gonna ask Tate the question because um, he wrote a story and I did I did read the story. It was about uh, he said a veteran said something about me and this and that. So I was gonna ask him who is the veteran. You know. Because uh, I just I know who I am, and I know that's 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 not you know you can portray me however you want to portray me, but you know what I'm saying at the end of the day like I know who I am, and so uh, so I try to be careful what I say because you guys are still gonna write write it up however you want to write it up. I was a journalist, amazing. Like I, that's what you, that's what your job, you know what I'm saying. So I don't I'm not upset at none of y'all or where, but that's just what comes with it. So. Why did you? Feel- Remember something how now here for AJ that could have landed where he thought that he took it as Marcus said that the locker room was fractured. To me, when I listen to Marcus Hayes talk on Birds 365, that's not how I interpreted it. It didn't land that way for me. So it could have landed that way for him. But there's no question, in my opinion, that they're portraying this guy as a locker room cancer. And it is an absolute misrepresentation of what he's doing. He's acting like a leader. And man, Tony, I almost said it again. He's being, let me, let me do it so I could do it one way here. He's being, he's being, he's being identified as angry Eagle guy. Go ahead, Tone. The reason why I didn't uh, speak to the media after the game because, uh, you know, I didn't want to be negative, you know. You know, I, 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 I had already transitioned to the mindset where uh, we were going through a tough time. And so me personally, the person I am, uh, who just know uh, I just have to go back to work, you know. Ain't nothing I could do about it, you know. And uh, – like I said after the game, I said I was raised. If I had nothing nice to say, I'm not going to say nothing at all. So I'm not just about to continue to compound the negative with the negative. So you guys can write more negative stuff. Like, you guys watch the game too. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you guys already know. So that's why I was like, there's nothing more that I can say. You know, just to, I'm not trying to make it worse than what it is. And so, you know, and then on top of that, you know, everything that I do, if I say something, I do anything, I'm – um, I'm classified as a monster, you know, honestly, you know, and it, and it's and it's honestly the, the, the opposite, you know, you saw my frustration on the field. It wasn't about the play call. It wasn't about none of that. It was about my guy getting banged up and we're going to need, I'm going to need Smitty moving forward, you know? And uh, so, uh, but that was, that was it. You know, I apologize to my teammates today, you know, because uh, they shouldn't have to have to answer questions on my behalf. You know, I'm a man. I can speak for myself. I was, Actually, looking forward to seeing one of the reporters here today because I wanted to ask him a question. I'm still going to ask Tate the question because um, he, he wrote a story, and I did, I did read the story. It was about uh, – he said a veteran said something about me and this and that, so I was going to ask him who is the veteran, you know, because uh, I just – I know who I am, and I know that's, that's, that's not – you know, you can portray me however you want to portray me, but, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, like, I know who I am. And so uh, – 
So I try to be careful what I say because you guys still gonna write write it up however you want to write it up. I was a journalism major. Like I, that's what you, that's what your job. You know what I'm saying? So I don't. I'm not upset at none of y'all or whatever, but that's just what comes with it. So did he say trade him or treat him? Did did he say they could trade me or would was that treat me at the end? Treat treat him. Okay, okay, okay. All right, treat him. I was like, I ain't trading guys a guy with 2,800 yards in two years. Um, that ain't happening. <laughs> 200 catches in two and two years and 2,800 yards. Sorry, son. You're not going anywhere. I don't give a shit what that price tag is. You're probably underpaid right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not moving that guy right now. Are you crazy? Dude. This is the Eagles doing their dirty work on people right now. What Marcus said on 365 and what he wrote is different. Marcus Indeed, tried to run a narrative. Okay. Marshall, I'll give you the benefit on that because what I heard on Birds 365, okay, what I heard on Birds 365 was not a narrative. Now, if he was walking it back on 365, I want to let this play out. Okay. I, hey, I didn't call Marcus a liar because I want to see how this plays out. I want to know if the Eagles told him not to show up to the press conference. Okay. Let me say something else though here. The, the Eagles have given so much content. You know what though? Tone, it's the wrong content. Nobody's talking giants. They're going to lose Sunday. They're going to lose. They're going to lose Sunday. Or that game, if I were you, I'd take the points. I would take the points. That team's either going to lose or limp to a victory. Okay, they're either going to lose, they're not covering. I bet you that thing, I bet you those points come down. It's got to be 13 and a half. Shit, I don't even, what were the points in the Cardinal game? Wasn't it like 13 also? This is the noise that the team didn't have at all last year. Look at this noise. You got a chance to be a 12-win football team and you look like a 5-12 and 12 football team. You sound, How about this? You not only look at times now losing 4 or 5, you sound like it. You sound like a losing team. Here's A.J. Brown here with Howard Eskin. In his bite, I think um, honestly, you know, uh, with being friends, I think uh, conversations get blown out of proportion. You know, sometimes it may be, it may look heated than what it really may be. You know, and and nowadays everything is broadcast. If we have a conversation and we we we're arguing, 
I'm arguing about targets or something like that. And in reality, it's something that we may saw or he he didn't see or I didn't see or something was said and, and that that'd be the end of the end of it. You know, it it, it don't it doesn't be that deep. But the media, the reporters say whatever, on, on, on TV, the commentators say whatever, the whole world go with it. And that's just how it happens. So when you look at the one that they uh If we've learned anything from the news media, if you say anything on anything, whether it's true or not, it's not important. Truth doesn't matter anymore. Entertainment and the storyline and the narrative matters. People don't report on stories anymore. They report on narratives. Sills, are we sure there's no noise last year? The winning covered it up. Absolutely. Absolutely the winning covered up the noise. How about this? You know, I heard Tone say something. And him and Rob were talking about the horrible plays at the cornerback position this year, especially Bradbury. Here's a prime example of what those guys were talking about and what you just asked, the cover-up. Let me ask you this. How much effort do you have to give when a team has 70 sacks and the mountain of pressures you had a year ago? Versus that number being cut in half. You think you got to do your job more this year? The corners weren't, the corners were the same corners a year ago as they are this year. They're no different. They're no different. They look slower. Yeah, because the routes are bigger and they're more developing because you're not getting pressure. Remember, I said to you about a, three months, four months ago, the volume of pressure's down. And it's affecting the secondary. Article by Marcus Hayes, and he said, quote, the Eagles have a problem and it wears number 11 and headsets and it's tearing the team apart. Well, then he tried walking it back on 365. You, Hey, okay, okay. He's he's denying that. And if there are players that are in that locker room that are doing that, that's Nick Sirianni's fault. Actually, it's Howie Roseman's fault. Because let me tell you something. When you've got an authoritative coach and you got a Percy Harvin spreading poison in your locker room, you fire him. You don't let him walk around in the locker room creating issues. It's a lack of leadership from your head coach. If you got people who are barking at media people and saying that A.J. Brown's a cancer, I don't want that guy on my football team. I don't need a Judas. I don't want that guy on my team. Alshon. When you have a coach that you know has no authority and you got guys talking shit, get this. Think, think about this here. So the organization made A.J. Brown have a presser. And Jalen Hurts, what was, what, what, what was the words? Clarify his stance. You know you got an insecure front office, and you know that you have insecure people that are your bosses. 
holy cow, what a disaster in your locker room. And the three-headed monster, Lori, Howie, and Nick. They're, they're the, the three donkeys. These guys are the three donkeys. I mean it, really. They're the three donkeys. There is zero leadership on your football team. Zero leadership on your football team. This is more of a chaos season than any football team I've seen. Here's the thing. The Cowboys had a lot of chaos on their team, but they won three Super Bowls in five years. You've got all this winning and chaos and nothing to show for it. Tone's going to join us at 3.30 for his segment. Also, Ice Cube is going to join us at 4.30. Don't forget, folks, our great friends at Hooters, great specials that we have, like Wing Wednesdays, 1983, all you can eat. Absolutely fantastic. It's one of the great 40-year traditions that we have at Hooters is all you can eat, 1983. Lunch specials we have Monday through Friday, 11.30 to 3, boneless wings. Happy hour Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, 6 items, 6 bucks, try to fried pickles. Also, if you don't want to go into the stores, Hooters to go. Go to the app, get the food, order it, bring it back to your crib. I mean, look, I love their steamers too. I had some when I was at KOP a couple weeks ago. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. By the way, don't forget also, you're going to see a code word that's going to be thrown out throughout the entire four-hour program. You email us at show at gmail.com. All your information, and you may end up being a winner, and you may end up winning some merchandise and also some great gift certificates, all courtesy of our friends at Jacob and at Hooters. Great friends in the Northeast section. All the way from Rhode Island down to New Jersey, Newark, Delaware, all the way to KOP. All of our fabulous friends. We appreciate you guys so much. Hour number two coming up. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. Eat chicken wings by Hooters Things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. I'm going to back up here on Jordan Davis a little bit. In my praise, but not in my evaluation of who he is, because my evaluation really hasn't changed. Early in the season, he was a three-down lineman. Had to be the competition. And it had to be the fact that this guy now, and we now know he can't play over 400 reps. So next year, I'm not playing him over 400 reps. Currently, right now, with one game remaining, he's played 502 reps. Last year, he played 269. He's going to be more effective at about 270 reps, maybe 320 reps somewhere in there. That, to me, is his target number for next year on being a productive player, which means this. Them not re-signing Linville Joseph and Adamic Sue is as catastrophic this year as not re-signing TJ Edwards because the depth level at both the linebacker position and the D-tackle position were affected because they did not quali- they did not put quality people on the defensive line that could withstand the reps and edge rushers. That is a football team that was not retooled correctly. The fact that you did not have – last year, the loss of Sue and Linville Joseph are massively being felt now, more so than even the linebacker play. More so than the linebacker play. You relied on, get this, this is their fundamental flaw also. They thought that they were going to replace TJ Edwards with a guy who never played. And they thought that they were going to have two guys play 500 reps. And they were going to have a 33-year-old defensive tackle who is playing the best. And Fletcher, 
who knows how to play as a pro and prepare himself as a pro, in my opinion, them not bringing veteran defensive tackles in and paying Sue and Joseph the three million. Dude, are you trying to tell me you didn't want to pay $6 million for those two guys again combined so that you could have a healthy D-tackle rotation? Again, penny pinching. Penny pitching. You ne- Get this. You didn't replace Javon Hardgrave. You didn't replace him. Now, five years from now, yes, today, you didn't. And, and by the way, it didn't have to be Sue. It didn't have to be Joseph. It could have been someone of that ilk, veteran tackles, that could have given you a better rotation, that were good against the run. You, need, you didn't need to have Dominic Sue. Detroit Lions, Adamic and Sue. All you needed a guy to do was play first and second down. You probably would have helped Jordan Davis out. You clearly would have helped Jalen Carter out. <laughs> Look at Steven. Steven thinks that the D tackle position right now is playing well. You're getting murdered. You're murdered. The shitty Cardinals destroyed you. The shitty Cardinals. A three-win football team ran for 230 yards on you with an awful O-line and James Conner. James Conner looked like Emmett Smith. Dude. Some people just don't like, yes, Davis and Carter are better than the old ass guys. See this guy right here, Steven? Really? He thinks giving up 175 yards a game in the last five games is good D tackle play. <laughs> to the Cardinals. To the Cardinals. I'm not talking about starting people, dumbass. I'm talking about depth. You have no depth. Look at the trash can linebacker. So wait, you got trash can linebackers. And you really don't have anybody else behind your two young tackles. Who've never played that many reps in their careers. You have no depth. Steve-O, thank you, my friend. Where's your depth? Hey, by the way, think about that. Is there any position on your defense that you have depth? You know, I I, I made a point to you on something also that I want to make sure that we hit on again. Guess what? I heard Tone and Rob saying, man, these guys have lost steps. They're not very good. He's talking, they're talking about the corners. I mean, both these guys, you got a lot of money invested in them. They're the same guys they were a year ago. What's different? Pressure. Sacks. Getting to the quarterback. That's what's different. 
No. Get this. See, this is why LJ likes to lie to you guys. They were six 4.9 yards per game. Okay? Per carry. Not in total yards. Nice try, kid. Get to the back of the bus now. That's your comment for the day. Congratulations. Now go stand back in the corner with your dunce hat on. <laughs> okay. That's okay, Bear. He gets his one little comment. Then he has to go put his aluminum foil hat on and sit in the corner, put his thumb in his mouth, and think of something smart to say tomorrow because he gets one shot at the title. Only one, kid. That's your new rule. You're now on the WIP rule. You know what that is? One comment a day. Then you go to the back of the bus. (laughs) Big sales rules. (laughs) Those corners are the same. They're the same. They're the same. The only difference is that they don't have the same pressure. Let me ask you something here also about Hassan Reddick. Here's Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick in 33 games entering the final game of the 2023 regular season has 27 sacks in two years. What are you doing dropping him in coverage? Twenty-seven sacks in 33 games is Reggie White stuff. And you are take, get this. So this year, you took Jalen Hurts out of his comfort zone. And you took Hassan Reddick out of his comfort zone and thought that was winning formula for winning football games. And where are the coaches? With common sense that could say, no, you can't do that. Oh, that's right. He's in Baltimore. That's right. He's in Baltimore. You think there's any coincidence that the secondary in Baltimore is one of the better secondaries in the NFL? And last year, you were one of the best secondaries and you turned Gardner Johnson into a Pro Bowl-type player who got $8 million in the open market, do you think there was anything possible? But see here again, the Eagle front office believed that it was them that made Gardner Johnson, not Denard Wilson. And when Denard Wilson started speaking up on some of the things that were fundamentally flawed. You know what he probably did in his interview? We're going to have issues this year. We're not going to have the personnel we had a year ago. We're playing better quarterbacks. 
And you're not only playing better coordinators on offense, to playing better coordinators on defense. Do you know what the biggest problem was for the Philadelphia Eagle offense this year? And do you know what it was with the 10 and one record? Let's take a look at this. So you opened up with Belichick. Then you had Brian Flores. Then you had Del Rio and Rivera. Then you had Raheem Morris. Then you had Vic Fangio. Who else did you have in that run? You had Todd Bowles in that run. Every one of those guys has a Super Bowl ring as some type of D coordinator. Those guys unraveled the Rubik's Cube. You went against some of the best coordinators in pro football history, and they unraveled you. And then when you got to the gauntlet and the Niners exposed you, that's when the locker room was lost. Because do you know, do you know why the locker room was lost? Why do you think the locker room was lost? Anyone have an idea why the locker room was lost? It's simple. Why was the locker room lost? Because they had no answers. <laughs> T. Will goes two 1,000-yard receivers, and your offense is ranked worse than it was a year ago, and you had less yards last year passing. T. Will, how's that possible? Your offense was ninth. Passing last year. Now you're 16th. All these guys have these numbers. How are you ranked worse? How do you have a worse passing game? Fundamentally, you have a worse passing game. Technically. That's right, Big Marshall. When the coaches didn't have the answers that the players needed to counteract what all those coaches had shown, they weren't buying what they were selling. And here's where you are. Very simple. James Bradbury. Is the same player he was a year ago. It's the same scheme. What's different? Routes are more developed. Why? Less pressure. Last year, those routes didn't get going. Why? People were in everyone's face. Everyone had double-digit sacks. There were five guys on the D-line last year and on the defense that had double-digit sacks. The pressures were high. The volume was high. Look, when you get pressure on someone, you're running five-yard routes instead of 10-yard routes, developing into 15-yard routes. That's why the secondary is getting torched. The secondary would have been torched last year, too, if they didn't have the pressure. But you had an – get this, the historic pressure. Howie Roseman thought that he was going to have, what, 65 sacks again? 
and he didn't count. This is why you know he's not a football guy. Nobody in his right mind would think you're getting 70 sacks two years in a row. It's happened once in pro football history. You didn't even, and then you thought you were going to change it with lack of depth and take out players and your top five tacklers on your defense, and you had no regard for what you were coming back with, except you believed you knew what you were doing. It just shows you they're not football people. They're people that sit in a room and they go by the numbers. Like I said to you, Brian Johnson coming out saying we have to force the football on a Tuesday to A.J. Brownmore. Sometimes we have to force it to him. Hoss, I'm not forcing the football to anybody. I'm getting the football to the open guy. Hence that one play we saw um, against Seattle where Devontae was wide open. Instead, Jalen Hurts threw to the double coverage. He's being coached that way. Like I said to you, he's being coached that way. They're telling him where to go with the ball. Mm. Saving it. You got a bunch of puppets in the room. Your cornerbacks are the same people. You're just not getting home. Man, Bradbury looks so slow. Yeah, well, or you see Darius Slay reaching out and grabbing guys because guys are running by him. They would have ran by him last year, too. I mean, there's a reason. When that 70-sack total is not going to be there, and the amount of pressure is not going to be there, okay? Crazy. Chris goes, I guess, get this. Chris goes, I guess you didn't listen to the AJ presser. You mean the walk back presser? The Jalen Hurts walk back presser? Why? Because you believe anything that comes out of the NovaCare Center now? Of course you do. Chris. Chris is part of the fan base that puts a tooth under his pillow and prays that the tooth fairy comes and gives him a win. That's who he is. He'll believe anything. Dude, you lie to me. And before I bring my boy in here, man, you lie to Capricorns once. You don't get that second chance a second time. I'll tell you that. That's for damn sure, man. I don't I I don't I don't go back and date people who lie to me like that, man. I just, you know, you better do something spectacular. Bring me a pot of scongeal or something. I don't know, man. What the hell we're doing here? Let's bring in my guy Tone. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks so much for doing it.
Hey, sales, look, man. I don't know if a, I don't know if a pot of school jail or do it for me. You gotta you gotta do something strange or something. You gotta come. You gotta come over, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta come over here and uh, sh- 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 show me what uh what it do. <laughs> Dude. So this oh, is what man. I took away from AJ. First, no, no. Let me hear you because you're on here. Let me hear what you took away. Let's start it with. Let's start it with. The first guy. Let's start it with Sirianni. Give me, give, give, give me your takeaway on Sirianni. Uh, I'm at a point where I don't really believe much of what's being said. Um, I think, I think, I think a lot of guys are playing damage control right now, and they're trying their hardest to uh, remove as much or as many distractions as they possibly can. That's already adding on to a turbulent ending to a very turbulent season. Um. You know, when I was listening to A.J. Brown speak, um, you know, the thing about when he speaks, he it always appears very genuine. It yeah. always appears it always appears very raw. Um, Most so emotional he, people are. Yeah. And, and for him to not speak the past couple of weeks means that he's been trying to find the words over the past couple of weeks. So because he, he knew eventually he couldn't keep hiding. Right. So eventually he knew he would have to speak up and he's had two weeks to prepare this and really walk through this. And I'm pretty sure. The Eagles PR people pulled him to the side and said, look, we know you're speaking today. You know, let's kind of go through, you know, let's kind of let's kind of iron some things out a little bit. Right. Oh, no, they they worked and this out. Of course. Of course. This is this, this is I, this. There's so much that goes into these companies have PR departments, public relations. If people don't know what that means, public relations, they want to make sure they dictate the narrative that's out there. They want to make sure they dictate how you're being perceived, so on and so forth. And, Very important. Um, it, it's important to it's important to every company, any establishment that makes money. Your PR is important. NFL so, owners, most notably. Exactly. So when when AJ Brown was talking about you know Nick Sirianni, um, you know he, when he was trying to cover for Sirianni and say how he's still rocking with him, and he said AJ Brown said everything that he was supposed to say. Let's, you know, let's put it that way. He said everything that he was supposed to say. Did I believe everything he said? No. And it's not because I, I think he's a liar. I just feel like he's trying his hardest to alleviate any more attention that he's that he's added to the situation. But I don't believe everything he said. I don't believe the fact that um, I don't believe he's wholeheartedly riding, you know, with Nick Sirianni. I think he respects him as a man, but I don't think he trusts him. On the football field, you know what I mean. Um, again, this well, is just me. Do you think me. he looked at him as part of the problem that the institutional issues they have with control? Do you think that he looks at him? He likes him. You can like someone. You yeah. can like someone, Tone. Yeah. But when you become systematically part of the culture of how they do business, you you don't have the same respect for him. For his authority, you can yeah, like and, and I think that's what it is, and I think that's what he's, and I think that's what he's saying, but not saying. I think he's saying like, I like Nick, but he's looking at Nick like you're not even the real issue, are you? I think that's how he's looking at Nick. Like, you're, it's not even your fault, is it? You know what I mean? It's not in his hands. And it's not even in his hands. So, but but look, though, I will say this though, as an Eagles fan, as a fan, uh, I appreciate AJ Brown coming out there and setting the yep. record straight for himself. Because he has been getting a bad rap over the past several weeks. He's been getting a bad rap since KC, I think. Or maybe – no, he's been getting a bad rap since Minnesota, remember? He's been getting a bad rap since then. 
And um, I never felt like AJ Brown was the main reason behind their troubles. Yeah, I, 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 I never, I never felt can like I that. Can I tell you, my wife goes like this. She sits up there, listen. She goes, "You really took a shit on AJ Brown and called him T.O. Brown." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "White guy, media guy." <laughs> and I went like this. What? She goes, "You don't even know the freaking story yet." I never felt like he was the issue. You know, I, uh, you know, he he just struck me as a player that was passionate and wants to win. But don't I mean, you was, think it's odd? He, he he thinks the team needs a picnic. You know, I think <laughs> it's funny you said that. <laughs> yeah. um, I felt like he, I felt like he felt like that he needed to set the record straight with his teammates first. Because remember, he mentioned how he spoke to the team prior to speaking to the media, and I and. And now, maybe, was he talking to the team or was he talking to the coaches through the team? It's funny you say that. Um, I believe he was doing both, right? I believe okay. he ad- I believe he addressed them as far as I-, I apologize for not making myself available and making and making you guys answer for me. I think he apologized to his teammates for that. Because but coaches then, talk to the team to talk to a player. Right, right, right. So I think I think as far as the team goes, he was saying, Hey, look. I apologize for putting you on position to have to speak for me, right? I don't want to have to speak for anybody. You know what I mean? And he didn't so want I, to be I, the bullseye. Right, and I respect that. Um, as far as his discomfort or his distaste for what's going on on the field, you know, and trying to keep everybody together, I think, to your point, he's talking to the team, but he's talking at the coaches. Totally. You know? That's and how look, I take it. And look, again, a lot of Eagles fans, you know, I, I've been on Twitter just reading people's reactions to the press conference. A lot of Eagles, his press conference has kind of restored some level of optimism amongst oh, yes. the fan base. It has. And yeah. I, and, 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 and rightfully so. Absolutely. Because, because he's the first person so far to, I don't know, he's, let's put it this, let's put it this way. He's the closest. Yep. He's the person that came the closest to telling how it is. And holding people accountable. And holding people accountable. He's the person who came the yep. closest. You he know what I'm saying? Hurts his job for him. And I spoke to I spoke to Rob about this. I said, you know, I'm pretty sure AJ and Jalen have way more conversations than we're privy to. Way That's more. And I'm pretty sure AJ had one another. I've seen the pictures of it inside there. You cannot help not to have just common conversations. Exactly, exactly. Life and and Jalen is the godfather to his daughter, and oh, you know, the, the, the totally birthday party. Like, 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 like they they really communicate, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if AJ Brown said to Jay, Hey, listen, man, like I'm the wide receiver, they ain't gonna listen to me. You gotta, yeah, you, you know, you, you gotta swing your right around, man. You, no, you, you, you gotta swing you your weight around. That. I wouldn't be surprised if AJ said that to him. That just sounds like his personality to be upfront with his best, be upfront. And I can hear somebody who could be an onlooker in the locker room who heard that conversation, if it was spoken instead of text, I could think that there was a guy that doesn't know the relationship that those two guys have beside and behind the scenes that could come up with an innuendo or a narrative that's saying that he's pushing this guy into trying to divide the team here. And it could be some outlier guy that maybe said something to a media guy. Let me tell you, man, when you hear things in the locker room sometimes, the biggest mistake that players make, sometimes not everybody's butt buddies in there, dude. All 53 yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, yeah especially offensive, defensive guys. 
right? Like, you put you're, you're put not it. All tight like that. It's it's, not it's, it's like two different it's, not, it's like two different. Uh, yeah, the dude, some the defenses and the offenses are completely different sometimes. The the guys who with the longevity in the building, and I would say this to you, guys like Kelsey, guys like Graham, Fletcher Cox, Hertz, those are the guys that are trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I, I'll tell you something he did say that made me now have even less respect for Nick Sirianni. Dude, that whole press session that he had on that Seattle play was manufactured and made up. AJ goes like this. There was no play. We there was no play. I don't. He, he, he uh, fell on the sword. Well, then why did you feel compelled? To come out and manufacture a lie. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't understand that. And I respect AJ for saying, hey, look, you know, I he, don't think AJ realized what he did there by yeah, saying yeah, that. Of, of, co- of, co- of course not. Like, I don't think he realized it either. I think he I, I think he generally felt like, you know, hey, look, you know, we're rocking with Nick because he's rocking for us. Yeah, I think I, I think that's how he looked at I completely he's yeah, genuine. And, and, and I understand that logic, right? But on, on the outside looking in, now it makes Nick Sirianni look more like a bullshit artist. Yeah, it's like it was like what was the point in Nick Sirianni even making that up? Man, all you he had, made that up. Like all you had to do was say, yeah, you know, we had a play drawn up, it didn't work out. You know, move on. Like he 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 created. I thought a I was whole, reading the hit and run story. He created a whole fabricated lie. Just he doesn't even know how to lie well. You know what, what I'm saying? What's the point? What's the point? What's the goal? What's the end game? So, again, you know, I have Why no problem with Why are they afraid of constructive criticism? A lot of people, a lot of people can't handle it, man. A lot of people can't so handle your organization somebody being, can't handle constructive criticism. I'm gonna say this: it's to starting you too, to appear that way. The reason that the coaches don't throw shade on the players is because that would be the first shot across the bow for the players to fire back. So the mm-hmm. players, they're frustrated because they can't say anything because the coaches are constantly covering for the front office, and that is the rub. The players want to say something so bad that their actions are showing you, my God Almighty, this is so simple to look. Just and you know what it, thing. and you know what it, and you know what it always circles back to control. Think about how totally. much. Think about how many. Think about how many strings are being pulled throughout all this nonsense. And we have a football game on Sunday. Just think about all the strings and the, you know, all the different uh, things that have been thrown out there for us to listen, you know, read into. And look, you know, AJ Brown did what he was supposed to do, and I'm glad he did it. He restored some optimism in the fan base, which I appreciate and I respect. And you know, this now at this point in the season, this situation can go one or two ways. This can either galvanize some guys, or this can have this team just crumble to oblivion. Maybe airing it out helped them. And I'm a firm believer that airing out things get you that much closer to a solution. I'm a firm believer in that, right? Um, I can be abrasive. I can be. I can. I can be too honest. Uh, I'm. Not, I'm not a good liar. Um, if you lie to me once, I have a problem with you go, at, at any point going forward. I'm there too. Um, I'm just, I, I don't do well with deception. So um, I appreciate AJ Brown being as candid as he could possibly you be. You know why I don't have a lot of friends, Tone? Because most people lie to you. 
Yeah. And I can't take liars. Yeah. And um, there's no I'm reason to lie to me. No reason. You know, I, I, you lie so to funny. strippers. I'm so you glad don't you lie said to that. your friends. Like, I'm so glad you said you said those exact words. There's no reason to lie to me. Yeah, you what, know, what, there's what, no reason to lie, lie to me. I, if you lie to that, me, you'll lie to I you'll lie, take, if you lie to me, you'll lie about anything. And I can I can I can handle bad news. You know what I mean? I can handle a set, a handle a setback or anything that didn't go according to plan. I can handle that. I'm a big boy. So when people lie that. to you. When people lie to you, it's like you know, it's it's so unnecessary sometimes. Um, you know, I've never been good at it, so I've never really you know leaned on that. So, but you know, this team, you know, they got the Giants this Sunday, and you would never would have thought because of everything that's been going on these past several weeks has been a nightmare. Um, for the Philadelphia Eagles in terms they're of they're going to lose that game or they're going to limp to a win. In terms of public relations, it's been a nightmare in terms of just the, the overall product on the field. And overall, I'm at a point where I'm not I'm not taking I'm taking everything that I hear with a grain of salt. And I think everybody should be responsible enough to do that. Take everything with a grain of salt. You what know about what I mean? the Marcus Hayes story? The Marcus How, Hayes, where do you land on that? The Marcus Hayes story is very interesting. Um, it, I, I, it's sounding like he Marcus, walked back a little bit of his article. Marcus Hayes, you know, I have a lot of respect for the work he's put in with the Inquirer. I like his work. Um, I like his work as well. Um, the thing that the thing is about situations like that, you're never going to find out who they who he spoke to. You're never going to find out who told him what he told him. You're never going to find out. I hate I hate unnamed sources. That's the one thing about this game I hate. Me you too. know, you know, I hate the unnamed, unsolicited source. I, I, I just want to think about this game that I hate the most. This um, is called Eagle Collusion. So, you know, I guess I, I don't like the idea that AJ is being painted out to be this cancer or this guy that's fractured in the locker room. I don't like that idea because oh. I never felt like he was that kind of person. Um, and I, I, like, I don't know him personally, but. I just never felt like AJ was the reason behind their problems. I never felt that. So um, in Marcus Hayes' story, although I, re- I have a large amount of respect for the work he he puts in, um, I think I disagree with the notion that AJ Brown is the catalyst or one of the or one of the reasons why the, the locker room is going through what they're going through. Um, to me, again, it looks like they're painting him as angry black guy, eagle guy. Yeah, um, you said something earlier that's, that's very that's very interesting. If if Cooper Cup voiced his frustrations with he's his, a leader, he's a leader. He's holding guys accountable. You know what I mean? And then uh, a guy like AJ Brown, all of a sudden, you know, you got to watch he's him. He's a cancer. He's To. He's To. Right? To Brown, as you as you as you put it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. I never, you know, it. I just don't. I, I just wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it, man. I wasn't buying it. And again, there's no disrespect to Marcus Hayes. I got I have a ton of respect for the work he does. Um, I Maybe like someone told him that and he wrote it. Yeah, and and and, and look, you know him not him not being there at the press conference. Now, now, but be, be careful here because you no, know. No, I, I, I I am I am I am. I'm going to be careful. You know, um, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. You know, um, I could, because get this. Just to give context here, mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni was going to come on my program, and somebody at 97.5 uh, The Fanatic, is that it? Yes. Sent a clip over of me talking about how, um, Howie, and I didn't want Howie on. 
I wanted Nick on. Mm-hmm. And then he called me back and I saved the text. I'll send it to you after the show about how he's not going to put anybody on who talks about the Eagle general manager, the way that I talk about the Eagle general manager, not being genuine. And I said this, I don't really need you, nor do I care. I said, I wanted, I got Nick's phone number through Frank. And so I told him, I go, you are not going to, um, Dictate how this thing goes. Like you're, I, you're, I just, you, 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 you're not going to extort my my mm. feelings on how I look at something, right? And you're you're not going to blackmail me on right. giving you a take that you want to have on my show because you think it's conducive for your narrative. That's not happening. I'm on this platform for that reason. I could never do a show on radio. Nor I've now come to the conclusion. Nor would I ever want to now. Because you don't have the luxury of having those kind of conversations any longer. Of course Radio's not. dead. And it's not. a sad thing because the people in this radio business have killed the, the platform. The platform is fabulous. I remember in the early 2000s, the radio was edgy. You know what I mean? Like the radio was like, you know. But now because the of the wild, amount wild of money that Odyssey pays the Eagles. Remember this. Odyssey pays the Eagles to come on. Mm-hmm. Eagles don't pay odyssey for them to go on yeah they pay them so what do you think you're gonna do to your client you're gonna be critical hell no Mm. and then remember this always remember this the nfl network is owned by the owners you think they're gonna be critical of any 32 owners the media today that's why people are going to streaming and that's why they're coming to channels like this because at the end of the day, um, those companies have driven themselves into bankruptcy because the content that they have on it, people don't want to hear because it it's not genuine and it's not you're more of a cheerleader. Mm. And it's I, I give guys like Rob a lot of credit for for maneuvering through all that because it's tough right now. It's tough to be a radio guy. You've got to be careful on what to say nowadays because. Advertisers and the company that you pay are going to call you. Get this. Think about this. Odyssey pays them millions and millions and millions of dollars to air the Eagle games. Mm. And yet the Eagles have a clause in the contract at Odyssey that says we could pull that anytime if we're disenfranchised with the way you're representing us or covering us. You could sign a three-year contract. They have an automatic out. And I think they, they just re-upped too. Anytime. They, they, and I think they just re-upped. This year, yeah. earlier this year, or last year, last year. Massive me. money. They just re Get this. They pay yeah. them, and yet the Eagles dictate content. What I said to you earlier, at this point forward, I'm following the money, and I'm following the product. And, you know, again, um, I don't know why. I I, I don't know why um, Marcus Hayes wasn't there. Um, I, 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 um My money's on. Mm-hmm. They and I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to pretend like like you said. Um, I want to be careful because yeah, again, I have too. a. I have a. I have a lot of respect for the all parties involved. Um, I just. I, I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't there. I can't begin to think why. Um, Marcus Hayes doesn't strike me as the kind of reporter who no. would run from face. anything. He doesn't strike me as that. I've seen him on Bird sixty five a lot. He's been Tone. on Sports Take. Bob He's worked very in San Francisco guy. when I was in San Francisco as the PR rep. I know mm-hmm. who he is. I know what Marcus, he's capable of doing. 
Marcus Hayes is a very upfront guy. He doesn't strike me as a, he doesn't strike me as a type to run from anything. So for him not being there, it's something to think about. But overall, this Eagles team, they have way more, they have way bigger fish to fry than just reports and um PR, you know, full pies. Like they have, they gotta worry about the Giants, they gotta worry about this playoff run. Can they find a way to rally the troops and be competitive again? Can they be competitive again? That's is that's a sad part. I think the defense is. I think the no, defense no, no. is too far gone. Is the culture in the building, is the culture in the locker room too far gone? Or is the no, leadership? No, I don't think see, so. I, I think the leadership is strong enough to overcome this. Yes. Yes, I agree. Yes. I agree with that. I don't think, I, I don't think from that perspective it's too far gone. Because you got too many, yeah, you got you got too many grown ass men in the building. Yes. With families, with wives, with you know, uh, they've been through a lot. They've you got Super Bowl champions in that building. Like it's too much equity, too much clout in that building for them not to stand tall. That's why I'm actually. That's why I'm so glad AJ Brown, you know, you know, you know, put it all out there today. You know what I'm saying? As as buttoned up as he was, I felt like he was very very um brazen in how he felt about things and that he understands that regardless of what's going down we all frustrated i'm frustrated because we know damn well we're better than what we're playing we know damn well what we've been putting out there is unacceptable he addressed all those things so i think him doing that is like i said it's either going to do one or two things either they're going to rally behind those comments because prior to the cardinals game he took everybody out he took everybody out and said look man let's let's get away from the game for a little bit Let's just get back to us. You know what I mean? Let's let, let's make sure our relationship is intact. So I think the team always knew AJ Brown was legit. You know what I'm saying? I think the team already knew AJ Brown's not an issue. I think but, he used it. I think he used the team to talk to the coaches. Yeah, yeah. I, I part. You know, I partially think that as well. I, I I partially do think that. I I definitely think he was talking to the coaches via media and team. Yeah. I definitely I definitely believe that. He wanted uh, to apologize I, to his yeah. team for making himself the bullseye, but he yeah. wanted to put them on notice. Yeah, that listen, so we we, we got to hold each other. I'm holding everybody accountable, right? And I respect it, man. I'm all for holding people accountable. I, listen, I, I respect AJ Brown more. You I know think what I mean? that speaks to I think that kind of hurts Jalen's place in the locker room a little. Elaborate. I'm curious about, about what you mean by that. That should be coming from him, not AJ Brown. Remember, AJ Brown is a Christmas ball. Jalen Hurts is the tree. Is this okay? Yeah, yeah. He's it, an or, ornament. Yeah, right. Or, or, or if you put it this way, I mean, you know, the Eagles are the tree, and Jalen Hurts is the star at the top. Yeah, on you top of the mean? tree. He started to start to, and you know, yeah, what's his name? I AJ spoke Brown about this. Candy cane. I, I I spoke about this to Rob. I said, look, man, I I need more from Jalen, man. I need more from him. And I, the last thing I want to do is turn him into something he's not. And look, he ain't got to prove nothing to me. He got to prove it to his teammates. It's not. It's not even about me as a fan. This is about his how he's perceiving maybe, his locker room. Tone, maybe tone. Every maybe Nick had a conversation, a private conversation with Jalen, and said, "You know how I got this job? I got this job because I was told how the organization works through Frank." And how you have to operate and you have to weather the waters, sometimes mm -hmm. the rough, 
Sometimes you don't agree with it, but for you to get ahead, I'll tell you this, no disrespect to Jalen Hurts. That's the fastest $50 million, $250 million deal I have ever seen in my entire life. It was quiet, too. It was quiet, too. Dude, Very quiet. You got 17 games where you earned yourself $50 million. No disrespect, but I've seen one okay year, one fabulous year, and another turnover machine year. Who are you really? Okay, you're not the turnover machine, like you said, That's and you're not question. the 2021 guy. Are we hoping you but hold and you're not the MVP guy? Well, who the fuck are you? It's you're, a fair you got, question. Hey, you got three faces of Jalen Hurts in the last three years. How fair do question. you know what you have, Tone? I think it's a fair question. You know, when you when you when you compare each three seasons, they each each of his three starting seasons look entirely different from the last. Completely different growth, yes, no doubt. Yeah. But that comes with being a veteran too. The yeah. massive leap, okay? Because they were doing things unconventional. Then they went to conventional, and now he's turning the ball over. Yeah, think about what they did. They were unconventional, and I said it last year about him. He is unique. He's mm -hmm. not the best quarterback in the league. He's the most unique. I'd rather have the most unique quarterback in the league than the best one because they're the same to me. He was yeah. at the same level as Mahomes because they got to the same place. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's you not know. how you drive, Tone. It's how you arrive. You know, I, you know, I, I look at Jalen's trajectory like this, right? You know, year one as a starter, he came out and you saw what you saw. And then year two, he improved. So for me, I look at him as a player who's improved, right? But then you have this weird 2023 campaign, which forces us to say, who are you? Because if you look at the statistics, if you, and I, I hate even, I hate even talking about talking like this, but if you isolate the interceptions, I'm not trying to say they didn't happen. They happened. I, I get it. But, 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 but if you, if you look at his numbers and his production away from the interceptions, He's actually the exact same player. And the this, completion percentage with the volume of passes that he has. Has, 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 has maintained. 67-1, you're the same to me. Exactly. So so he's he, he's thrown the ball over 100 more times, yet his completion percentage is, is the same. I like that. I like that. But when you look at the turnovers, you say to yourself, what the hell's going on? So I think that's why... Judging Jalen Hurts right now is so frustrating for a lot of people because you see year one as a starter and you see year two and you see the growth. You say, oh, okay, this kid's getting better. And then year three, you see him sustaining, but then got turnovers. They're so telling like, it's, him it's where confusing. to throw the ball. Last year, he knew where to go with the ball. Because I believe Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I really do believe that. And I believe, I that believe he's it too. better. And I believe well, he's the 22 way guy is sensational. Yeah, yeah, 22 was sensational. But what made him sensational wasn't really his numbers per se. It was the fact that he did what he did and protected the football. Right. I don't think he's That's sensational what... this year. No, he's I not. Think he has had sensational moments. Correct. Last year, he was sensational. I can't tell you how many times, and I've repeated myself a thousand times with this comment. When he was at third and 11, third and eight, third and nine, I said it every time. That guy's picking that up. Mm -hmm. pick, he picked it up almost 90% of the almost time. He was yeah. insane. Breaking the coordinators' backs. Yeah, and the thing is, even now, believe it, believe it or not, 
the Eagles on third down actually still are, I think, top 10. You know, they've definitely taken a step back in a lot of areas. And the product, you know, when you watch it play by the play, turnovers not dilute the, all these topics. the turnovers make it look like if, if he even OK, he has 18. If he had nine turnovers, this oh, season geez. will look this season will look totally different. Tone, if he had nine turnovers, he'd be the leading candidate for the most valuable player award. Because he has what thirty eight touchdowns, he has thirty eight touchdowns, and he has thirty he has thirty eight touchdowns over thirty eight hundred passing yards right now. He has, I believe, around five hundred or six hundred rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, Prince, that's not true. Whoa, For seven what, games, what Nick called here? the plays, then they yanked it away from him. He did not call the plays in the first year. Go ahead, Tone. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, he he called it's plays. Not true. Yeah, yeah, Shane took over in in the Chargers game. You know, yeah, and going forward, After, so, when they were two and five, they yanked it from them, and exactly. they gave it to Shane. Exactly. Um, That's when the season turned around, and they saved Sirianni's career. I want to play a game with you. Okay, let's do it. Um, I want to play Monday Morning Quarterback with you on Howie Roseman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Comes to your mind, and again, this is just over the last. Three years, I believe. Yeah, three years. <laughs> okay. Devontae Smith or Michael Parsons? Who would I rather have? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um... That's tough, man. That's tough. I think both of these players are elite in their own right. Um, Drafted right around the same time, too. Actually, the Eagles traded down. Up. They traded up, and the Cowboys this... got them after him. <laughs> so they could have had both guys. Oh, man. Um, okay, I'll put it to you this way. I'll, put it to you. I, I, I'll, I'll frame it this way. Uh-oh. Right. Here comes the mayor. You know, you know how, you know how I always talk about premium positions, right? Uh huh. And I believe they're ranked, right? I don't, I'm not going to waste time ranking them if right now, but okay. I'll put it to you this way: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I believe... I believe a big-time edge rusher means more to my overall success than a big-time wide receiver. It's no shade on Devontae. He's a great player, too. This and, is just, and, 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 and who would be no, more beneficial to the Eagles? It's no disrespect to him no, at all. I love not. AJ Brown. I mean, I love Devontae Smith. I love everything about his game. I love his approach. I love his preparation. I love I love how durable he is. Um, I love his leadership qualities. Um, um, the, the young brother got swag, come to the games looking buttoned up to the T, man. That, that, that boy know how, know how to wear a suit. You know what I mean? I, I love everything about Devontae Smith, everything about him. But if, if you ask me what position do I value most, edge rusher or wide receiver, I'm picking edge rusher every time. Okay. Jordan Davis 
or Kyle Hamilton? <laughs> you know what's so funny? Based off everything, based off we're everything that we've seen. We're just having fun here. Come on, Tom. We're just having <laughs> some fun here. This don't feel like fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> this don't feel like fun, though. <laughs> this don't feel like fun, my man, at oh, all. Man, he he. Tone's now. You know what? He's not only know he's a Capricorn. He sees right through me now. It's not good. Yeah, I know. It's, I know it's your birthday and all, but okay. uh, this this don't feel like fun. Okay, but, but I'll but I'll indulge you. I'll indulge. Um. So you said Kyle Hamilton or Jordan Davis, right? Yeah. Um. Look, man, knowing what I know, again, going back to positions of value, right? I value my D-line over a safety. How's that safety position working out for you this year? Now, now, to your point, to your point, the safety position is clearly not in good shape. Clearly. Right. And then also based off of the production we've gotten from Fletcher Cox, it's almost like, damn, Jordan Davis, did we even need to draft him when we do when we drafted him? You know what I mean? So um that's a tough one. I think I think Kyle Hamilton is great. I think Jordan Davis fell off after the bye week. Um I'ma still roll with I'ma still roll with JD. I'ma still roll with JD for now. Okay. I'ma still roll with JD, man. Here's another Howie gem. Okay. Nolan Smith or Brian Branch? <laughs> well, Brian, well, they weren't, oh, wait, Brian, they weren't the same draft. Was, Brian Branch was a safety, right from Alabama, right? Or was it, where, where was he? Was it Bama? Is he I don't know what was. I think he's a Georgia. Bama guy. He's a Bama guy. Yeah, I can't remember, but um, Brian Branch, doesn't he play for the uh, Lions now? Mm-hmm. He's killing it over there. He's killing it. I want it. Let's make this real simple. Brian, <laughs> Brian, hey, I, Brian, 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 Brian Branch is actually playing on the field consistently. Nolan Smith has not been. So I'm rolling with the guy who's giving me consistent snaps and been effective. So give me Brian Branch. Brian Branch. So of these guys, you take Micah over Devontae with no shade on Devontae. Um, I'll take an edge rusher or a wide receiver. Let's let's put it that way. So you're looking at the position, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'll say this to you: Devontae Smith shows up every week. Every week for me. And I, let me give you my my let me give you my takes on this. I will take Devontae Smith, and I'll tell you why. I get it. Because Michael Parsons doesn't show up when I need him in big games. Devontae mm. Smith shows up in big games all the time. That's true. That's true. If you get him the ball, he's there for you. He mm-hmm. never complains. He never bitches. He never talks about himself being better than they are when they're not. He's a true professional, my mm-hmm. opinion. He's a consummate pro, and I think that this guy's trending to being a and pro I, football Hall of Famer. And I love how low key he is. I love how I, I love I'm, how I'm, he. I'm taking him all night long. Yeah. Yeah. No. Again. I, I totally you think if Michael Parsons was playing for the Tennessee Titans, do you think people would be looking at him in the same light? No, no, because I mean he plays. But if Devontae Smith was playing, if Devontae with was the in Chicago Dallas, Bears, they would be still. If Devontae was in Dallas, shit. What? 
they wouldn't <laughs> know the CD Lamb's name. You know what I mean? So like, it's just, you know, again, man, like I think Devontae Smith is a top, I think Devontae is a top 10, top 12 receiver in this league right now. And the fact that he's a number two in, the, in Philly and he's a top 12 receiver is insane. Um, I think Devon, I think Devontae is, is spectacular. I love everything about his game. Um, you know, it's just that if, if I'm building a team, I got to go trenches first. If I'm building a team, I got to go edge rusher first. Now you're talking but, Miles Garrett to me. I'm not going anywhere near Smith. Now, 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 now if you would have said now, guy. if you would have said Miles Garrett or yeah. if you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean I'm like, okay, okay right let, me, let me ask you this, right? Let me ask you this. If you're building a team, what's the first position you're drafting? Offensive tackle. I assume left. Left. What's the next one? Defensive tackle. And then your third. Wide receiver. So left tackle. So O-line, D-line, then skill position. I respect Cornerback would be my next. Then somewhere in that process, you have to remember something. Quarterbacks are like leaves on a tree. And Arizona is the prime example of that. Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray, all the guys that they've drafted over the years. Mm -hmm. They keep taking swings and misses. Finding that guy that fits a system, you need to, you need first the coach to find the coach. You have to have complete confidence that the coach has a system. Not every guy coming out in the draft can play for Sean Payton. Not every guy coming mm -hmm. out of the draft we saw with Trey Lance can play for Kyle Shanahan. Right. Okay? You've got to find that dynamic that matches up. There's a reason, Tone. Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Um, Chuck Noll, Bradshaw. North Turner, Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman. All these guys built systems around their quarterbacks so that their quarterback – Troy Aikman – was never going to throw the ball more than 25 times a game. Why? Because he had a third down receiver and he had Emmett. But you have what you have in Philly right now. You want to put up big attempts, big numbers. Don't win games. You got to win games. The quarterback position is almost the last position that you bring in because find you unless you see like here's a great example. Are you going to draft Caleb Williams really over Michael Penix? I don't know. If I'm the Giants, I'm looking at Michael Penix at five, and I'm sitting there going, I just gave this guy Daniel Jones. Are you really going to pass on a guy who I watched in a game against Texas with 60 five-star guys? Own them. He threw for 400 yards. He cooked them. He cooked them. He, and I'm like this. And he ran more than he wanted to because he got hurt at Indiana when he ran. I'll tell you this, man. I would take a swing at Michael Penix before I would take a swing at that guy crying in the stands, Caleb Williams. I don't believe in Caleb Williams. That Something off about him, Penix, right? I think Michael Penix in Washington can beat Michigan. I don't know. This is funny, right? It's funny. Like, I, I've, it's something about Caleb Williams that seems off to me. I don't know. It, I think it's a character thing for me. Something seems off. Um, but not that he's a bad the, guy. No, no, no. It just no, seems like that, that there's no, a character no. thing in crunch situations. Like he can't beat Utah. He can't win a he can't win a Pac-12 title. He can't 
like beat big teams. Well, if you can't beat big teams in a conference that's going away, how are you going to win in the NFC East? I just, I don't I mean, you know, when, when people were looking at Sam Darnold, they go, Sam Darnold, man, this guy here. And I'm going, this guy had 20 interceptions his last year at USC. You think that thing's going to get better yeah, in the NFL? Like that, something like that doesn't just go away. Right. That's who he is. Because that's decision making. And you, you, you don't really change. It's hard to change that in a guy. Um, you know, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's so funny. You know, we we, co- we covered so much, in the, you know, over the past hour, and you know, this Philadelphia Eagles team—they got a lot of soul searching to do before the playoffs start. Gee, just and in the nick of time, you got a giant game. Around exactly, the corner. Ex- exactly, exactly. That's exactly, sad, right? Like too You're little, too late for me. Press conference to clear the air on a Wednesday in game week. Now, one thing I will say, if. <laughs> If they manage to do anything in the playoffs, this is setting up to be a hell of a movie script. <laughs> this oh my is setting, god! You'll this have is setting Nick, up to be you'll one of the have craziest years ever. Standing over near the Liberty Bell, I told you. Can you imagine him at at a, at a Super Bowl parade? Nick Sirianni. Can you imagine him on a revenge tour? Oh my god! <laughs> this guy would he would Trump. He would be unbearable. <laughs> he would be unbearable. Unbearable. And look, here's the thing, man. Look, I told you so. Here's here's the reality, right? Once you get into the playoffs, anything is possible, right? But with this defense, I feel like they're not even good enough to take advantage of what's possible. How could like, you think anything when they just got killed by the Cardinals? That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it's so so it's so something like that just doesn't get fixed overnight. Tone. The Cardinals and Drew Locke beat you in the last two or three games, and, and I'm supposed and to be Tyrod Taylor and the uh, and 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 uh, Kenny Goba stretched you <laughs> out to the fourth quarter in the Giant game. Hey, come on now, we're not talking about Marino and Elway in Montana here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. So hey, you, you know, so it, 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 it's it's a nerve wrecking time right now in the city of Philadelphia, um, but um, hopefully, hopefully. Brighter days are ahead, hopefully. Hopefully. Keep the spirit, kid. <laughs> Keep <laughs> the hope alive. Yeah. And my boy Ice Cube, hopefully we got him scheduled to join us here. So I can't wait to yes, hear sir. him. He's a big NFL fan too, man. Hey, the NBA hates him. Because he has he has an amazing product. And they wish they, they wish they did it first. And they're they're upset. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They hate him. So we're gonna talk to him a little bit too. Tone, great stuff. I appreciate it, my friend. Appreciate you, sir. You got it, man. Love talking to Tone. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now, Hooters gifts are always favored.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Join us, our friend Ice Cube. I thought that was one of the most interesting comments that I heard a person that covers the Eagles say on Sports Take, Jeff Kerr, who covers the birds and the NFL for CBS.com, CBSSports.com, when he said how he cannot maintain success. He struggles at it. It is an M.O. It's very true. Why is that, you think? Do you understand what he said is exactly what I said to you a couple weeks ago when I said to you, you're trending to being a five-win football team? Because I didn't say it, but I see it. Yale goes, it's not easy. Well, how have the Ravens done it? How have the Steelers done it? How have... Hey, 25 years of Belichick football has been what in your eyes? You see, when you write a book, you don't write and read the last four chapters. Because if you want to read the last four chapters of every NFL head coach who's a legendary head coach. Chuck Noll had losing records at the end. Don Shula had losing records at the end. George Hallis had losing records at the end. All the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL, Tom Landry, had losing records at the end. What makes Belichick any different than those legendary coaches? All those guys had extended stints as being a head football coach. Why does that guy get more heat? You know what it's going to be interesting to see when it comes to Belichick? How the media will look at him when it comes to his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
And if because he fed them shit for 25 years, if they'll take it out on him like they took it out on T.O. I think there'll be some animosity towards Bill. Especially the, the Boston media hates him. The Boston media, like Dan Shaughnessy and all them guys, Curran and them guys, they love this. But guess what they get to go back to doing now? Do you know what you get back to doing now? Covering Steve Grogan and Ron Myers coaching the Patriots. That's what you get to go back to now. Congratulations. Now you get to really go back to who you are. Welcome to the age of not being relevant anymore. I'd be very careful how I exited Belichick out the door in New England if I was Bob Kraft. I'd be very careful with that. Because you know why you should be careful? He's the face of the franchise with Brady. Are you going to tarn feather one of the faces of the franchise out the door just so you can get to a coach that has no resume whatsoever to take over your team and follow him? I don't know. You might want to be careful there. I think Bob Kraft's a great owner. I really do. I think Kraft is a fabulous owner. Here, to circle back to Howie, though, in this. Howie Roseman, his culture, he's a product of Doug Peterson and the leadership that Andy Reid left behind. Tone, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Brandon Graham and Lane Johnson, are those guys drafted by someone else other than Howie? Didn't Lane Johnson, wasn't he under Chips, guys? Didn't Lane draft? Didn't didn't Lane get drafted by Chip? Chip drafted Lane. Well, he had total control of that. Hmm. Funny, the leadership that's in the locker room almost has nothing to do with the general manager's people that he's put in place in there. Kelsey's an Andy Reid guy. He, theory, theoretically, Joe Banner and Andy, how he had nothing to do with that either. Andy drafted Brandon Graham as well. Huh. Gee, isn't that ironic? I believe if there's only one guy I could land on that how he drafted, wouldn't that be Fletcher? 
Okay. So Chip Kelly brings in Lane Johnson. Howie brings in Andre Dillard. Sounds appropriate. Do you know why Howie can't maintain success? Fletch is an Andy guy as well. <laughs> so this guy has nobody in that locker room. Jalen. Jalen. Jalen Hurts. Okay, Jalen Hurts <clears throat> is a Howie guy. By mistake, maybe. I don't know. Now he knows he's a franchise guy when they just gave a guy $38 million annually. Okay. If you're going to do that for Howie, Belichick sucks and got lucky with Brady, but not Howie. Okay. Sure. <clears throat> Isn't it funny that Howie Roseman can't maintain success? That his teams go like this. Oh, I, I'm telling you, two years, you're a five-win team. Two years, you're a five-win team. I hate to do it to you. One Super Bowl in 30 years, that organization. This has got a lot to do with the owner, too. How he does his business. Look at the press conferences you guys have had. It's like the White House press secretary. I don't know what's more of a bullshit session. Watching the White House press secretary get up there and talk shit. Or watching the press conferences at the Novacare Center. I don't believe anything out of the White House. By the way, I don't believe Republicans or Democrats, so I'm not making it a political issue here. I'm making it that you want to listen to somebody that you know is lying to you every day? Listen to government people and listen to the Novacare Center. All you need to know. That's why you got to have a brain for yourself. You can't be like some of these guys in here who don't have brains for themselves. And you know what they – get this. Do you know what some people do? They get mad at me for pointing out your incompetence. I didn't do this to you. I didn't do this to you. So here, here's, get this. Nick Sirianni did this to you. Was it a week ago? Or two, what was Seattle, two weeks ago? Yeah, man, you know, we were sitting there and we were thinking what we could possibly do on the last play. Um, against Seattle, and we thought we were going to come up with a play that, you know, could potentially, you know, most of the time we were hoping that maybe we could get pass interference. You know, it was something that I stand by. By the way, he doubled down on it too. You know, and it was just – and A.J. Brown came out today and said he made that up. He made that up. That entire – diatribe that everyone killed him on. He made something up so that you would feel better about yourself like some of you people in here. If you want comedy and you want to watch something really hilarious, watch Mr. Uncomfortable. Nick Sirilari. 
do a press conference. I won't believe a word he says as long as I live. He's untruth. He's untrustworthy. That's why the players have quit on him. He's untrustworthy. And like Tone said, yeah, he says all the right things and he's going to say all the right things publicly. But spiritually and privately, he don't trust him. How could you? You lie to the players. You lie to the media. Organization. Hey, by the way, Nick's li- Nick is lying for Howie. Think about it. All you had to do today was listen to A.J. Brown basically call Nick Sirianni a liar, did he not? How many people believe what I just said is true? That A.J., without even knowing it, called Nick Sirianni a liar. That didn't happen. We improvised. We made it up. Hmm. Mm. Talk about disconnect. And you have the giant Sunday. You're either going to limp to that win. You're either going to limp to the win or you're going to lose. You're not blowing anybody out. Oh, let me ask you this one. Do you think Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman want this season to end no matter what now? You think they're looking forward to the playoffs? So that they can make their massive changes? There will be massive changes. Okay? There will be massive changes. You can't sit there and lie to players. And call yourself a coach when you're bullshitting people. You can't. No one buys it. Sirianni's making some bullshit thing up. A.J. Brown's being cast out as T.O. And believe me, black athletes, I'll say it again, are covered differently than white athletes. It's prime example. People calling that guy a locker room cancer. And you know what I'm saying? Fuck, I think that guy's a leader. And... I'll tell you what, if Cooper Cup says that, he's he's a leader. Dude, come on now. Angry black guy. That's what you tried to paint him as. Tell you that Philly media, man. They did it to T.O. too. Be always cognizant of the media because the media goes after you. And my next guy... I'll tell you what, I've been watching this story, and I'm not in a good mood. Today's my birthday, and i got to tell you something, man. I've never seen an organization go after one dude. I don't know if it's Ice Cube's politics, if it's his big three, if it's him, if it's who he rubs wrong, but you know what I do love? The guy's genuine, and he don't care, because you know why? He's like Elon Musk. Dude's got a few money. He don't need you. He don't need anybody, but he wants you. 
as a fan base for big three. This guy's creating. I wish I had an old man's league where I could play touch football and continue a brand. Let's bring the founder of big three on my friend, Ice Cube. Cube, how you doing, man? Sandy, man, how you feeling? How's 2023? How was it for you? It's amazing. It's great. You know, we <clears throat> we here, and that's that's all that matters. I'll say this to you, Cube. You're the only league. You know, we we had we had the rock on a couple weeks ago, and we were talking to him about giving guys opportunities and jobs. I think you not only give guys opportunities and jobs, but you give people opportunity to expand the brand that they created. Why do you think organizations like the NBA, the NFL, and other organizations have a problem once they break that, that umbilical cord from that league, that they get aggravated that players want to make money off their name, that just because they used your brand, it just makes it seem like the NBA says, no, once you're gone, dude, you're gone. We don't want you being part of it. Is that part of why they're coming after you? I have no idea. <clears throat> you know, we we change the game. We do what's best for uh, our style of basketball. And so I don't think they like that. You know, we were the first to embrace mental health. We were the first ones. We was the first ones to embrace um, CBD use. Um, and so, you know, we was the first ones to have female head coaches coaching men to championships and we changed the game. And so I don't think they like that without, without asking permission, you know, for some reason, you know, when guys get at the top, like Adam Silver, he thinks he owns basketball and, no kid ever runs out and says, hey, hey, mom, I'm going to go play NBA, you know. they like, yeah, I'm going to go play basketball. Um, so no one owns it. And at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't get these guys jack squat if they couldn't still play, if they couldn't still entertain the fans, if they couldn't still play at a high level. You know, it's just not, you know, they might not be able to play 82 games. Some of them can, um, but at the end of the day, there's no room for them in the NBA, but there's plenty of room for them, you know, outside of the NBA. And why should these guys just go overseas and play when they have fans right here in America that still want to see them ball? You know, I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told you yet because I know you've been torn doing a lot of stuff. I had a conversation with a car company. And I was talking to him about advertising with my program and looks like I'm going to get it. I'll, I'll tell you, I won't tell you the person, but it's Cadillac. And I was talking to them and I go, yeah, you know, you know, uh, rock's got the, um, the UFL now and you know, ice cube, ice cube. I said, yeah, what's up with ice cube? They said, Oh, I go, what's up with ice cube? He goes, well, you know, NBA starting up a big three, two. And I go, no, they ain't. I go, that oh, he goes, you know, that in-season tournament? And I went, aha. So that in-season tournament, Cube, is a counter to your big three. I took it that way. Am I off base when I say that? That it's a way 
because it, it kind of looked a little bit like your tournament. Well, you know, the, the NBA has borrowed a few things from the big three. That's fine. We've borrowed things from the NBA, you know, so a fair exchange is not a robbery. At the end of the day, though, it's apples and oranges. It's like boxing and MMA. It's two different sports. Five on five has nothing to do with three on three, and three on three has nothing to do with five on five. It's, you know, it's two different approaches to the game. There's two different skill sets um, to the game. You know, guys that are specialists in the NBA will get locked up in the big three, you know, and some guys who couldn't handle the specialist role in the NBA are great in the big three because they can show that all their skills. So um, it's, it's a whole different approach to the game, a whole different sport. That's what we've been trying to, you know, scream from the mountaintop. You know, it's not just an old man's league because we've seen young guys get locked up in this league. We've seen old guys get locked up. You know, we've seen young guys become MVP, and we've seen older guys become MVP. It's really if you can play this style of game, you'll be successful. If you can't, you won't be. Um, and so this is what we're saying. We're apples and oranges. You know, Cube, I tell you, man, I, I, I watch your story. You know I do. And I follow you. I admire you. And I see all this pushback. Even in your own profession, that, in your own genre of rap, it seems that you've become – this dude and they're here and you're like you're i know it's because this goes back to when you even i believe tell me i'm wrong correct me when you left nwa and you wanted to go on your own that you're your own dude you you're not a republican or democrat you're in the house of cube this is what i do this is who i am do you think that that rubs people the wrong way because it seems to me last year you're almost on a revenge tour where you're just keeping score. It's like the ice cube scoreboard. This guy's a dick. This guy's doing this. And you're sitting here and you're watching these people. It's like they're keeping score on you too. You're almost like an outsider in your own rap industry. You know, that's no problem. We've come from the outside in. You know, when I started with NWA, a lot of people didn't like our approach to music. Um, I started doing movies, you know, a lot of people didn't think I should do comedies, you know, um, they told me not to do it. They told me not to do, you know, kids movies, um, things like that. You know, they told me not to start a sports league. You know, if I ever listened to those guys, yeah. I might as well retire. You know, it's really all about you know, being disruptive, you know, if they won't let you in the front door, you know, we either go through the back door, or we hop the fence, climb through the window. No way, we, Cube, you kick in. it in. You we kick the in. door in, dude. You ain't going no, no. back door, man. You we, kick we it in. in. No problem. We, you know, however we need to get in, we'll get in and we'll make our point, make our noise and we'll change the world, you know, and we'll change, um, you know, what it, what it is, you know, at the end of the day, it's art. You know, the movies, the music, sports, 
it's all art. It's all entertainment. It's all, you know, really to, you know, in a lot of ways, make the world a better place. Cube, I want to take you in a place here where I, before I brought you on, I was talking about A.J. Brown, wide receiver in Philadelphia, and he didn't talk to the media. And now the media is saying this. And quite frankly, I think he's being a leader. I've been in NFL locker rooms, obviously, as a former player and media guy. And I'm sitting in there and I'm watching this guy. and He's trying to keep the team together. And yet, all of a sudden, you get angry black guy. Conversations where you start calling him a cancer. And you start labeling him as Terrell Owens. What's your perspective? Perspective and how's you? How do you look at how athletes are covered in the NFL or in sports in general? When if that's Tom Brady, Tom Brady's a leader. If a guy who's a black guy says something like that in the locker room, he's angry eagle guy. I mean, I know African American athletes are covered differently than white athletes. They have to jump through different hoops and more hoops. But I thought that would have got better by now. It just doesn't seem it does. Well, you know, the same people are running the same media outlets. So, you know, the, those things tend to stay the same. You know, at the end of the day, you got to express yourself in real time, who you are. You got to step up and and do what it takes at the moment, you have to execute, and people got to do what they feel in their heart. Uh, and if other people have a problem with that, it sounds like a personal problem. You know, I hope you know all athletes, you know, shut the media out when it's when it's time to deal with your team. You know, it's time to deal with you know whatever brotherhood or sisterhood you have. You know, in that locker room. You know, that's really what matters. You know, what everybody's chirping outside, entertainment, you know, for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, don't don't take it to heart and uh, do what you need to do to uh, achieve your goals, you know, as a team. Cube, did you ever think of buying a media outlet that would be something that could counter what we see in lamestream media where that if, I mean, there's so many entertainers like you and Snoop and all these guys that could parlay your resources, your connections into doing something that would be more down the line. That would be something you talk about frightening people get in that business where yeah. you're controlling the narrative cube. You know, me and Jeff Quantinus, we did try to buy the RSNs that the Fox, you know, at, 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 and now they're failing. You know, we had a plan, I believe, to keep them alive and keep them, make them relevant and make them, um, you know, even compete with the ESPN. But at the end of the day, you know, um, you, you we're still new money, you know what I mean? And to do the things you're talking about, you need old money. So we would have to we would have to connect with people who um, have a plan, who want to see people have a free voice and a free um, 
you know, place to speak and be themselves, you know, and until that happens, you know, we're going to always fight with these different outlets who don't see it our way. Cube, two last questions for you. What's on the horizon this year? What's going to be new that we'll see? Man, I, I saw a video on your Twitter, man. I pray to God Mello joins that thing, man. I oh, loved yeah. your I loved your post, man. That would be great to see him because his brand would just go along with what you guys are doing at Big Three. But what, what are we expecting to see this year with Big well, Three? With, you know, Dan, I don't want to just single out Mello. You know, to me, you know, everybody – I think everybody should really understand what this league is doing uh, for people who might not have made as much money as they have in the league. I think people should play to just make sure the league continues to be successful. And then, you know, guys they know are going to get out the league. Some guys, they may, you know, um, you know, lose all their money for whatever reason, and uh, need a league like this, or they may just want to still ball and, and not have a place in the NBA. So I think, you know, uh, you know, players that just got out the league, um, I think they owe it to the, to the next generation and then to their peers who like, like I said, may have fallen on hard times and play in the big three and have some fun because you're around so many great, you know, um, you know, giants of the game. And so um, I think, you know, you kind of owe it to the game to play a, a summer or two. Absolutely. Q, what do you got on the uh, tour? I mean, dude, I see you. You know what? I don't know if you, how many hours, how many hours a day do you sleep? Three? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, all I need is five, five, you know, maybe six. And I'm good. Elon Musk follows me on Twitter, and I go, how many hours do you get? He goes, five. I'm like, there's got to be – I might have to back that up now because the guys with all the money seemingly don't sleep a lot because money never sleeps, they say. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not that. Um, you know, you just – it's all the rest I need to really uh, – to. you know, I like to get the day going. And so, you know, that to me, that's what it's all about is – is getting up early and being up early to hear those those thoughts that the universe only give you when it's quiet. Do you do you have a pad that you write down yeah. thoughts? Because I I have a I, I carry a pad with me because I I don't I, I got a billion things going through my mind so I'm always writing stuff down, and so you must have like a pad that you still have because when you were a kid, I was watching Straight Outta Compton that you had like you were always writing down rhymes and such and you were writing down lyrics and such and so i was wondering do you still do that practice yeah you know sometimes you know now everybody's writing on a yeah. uh, phone it's just quicker but uh you know i do you know when there's certain things i do write it down because i just think you know historically certain things should be in your own handwriting absolutely cube you always find time for me, man. You are one of the busiest men in show business. And I would call you a modern day, I don't know, renaissance guy. The way you do your business. I mean, it's really awesome. Acting, uh, philanthropy, the way you do it with Big Three. I love that you're giving guys opportunities for careers and jobs to be extended. Um, you're an activist in a way. People look at you. I mean, you know, Luther and I are boys. 
And he goes, make sure you tell that guy, make sure you tell him today, Uncle Luke says hi, because we talk all the time and he's a big hurricane guy. And I told him, I go, yeah, I admire the guy and he admires you too. So I appreciate you doing this for me. Thank you so much, Cube. Appreciate you too, man. You know, um, thanks. You know, we always get to the real. That's why I love talking to you because we always, you know, get to to the, you know, the the, the real um, issue and, and not beat around the bush. And my man, Luke, you know, he, he taught us a lot of the game. You know, he was a guy who was pressing up his own records. He didn't wait for New York, you know, and he was showing us, hey, don't wait for New York to, to blow up, you know, do your own thing. And uh, we learned a lot from Luke and, um, you know, he's definitely a pioneer, changed the game in a lot of hey, ways. Hey, Cube, I got to tell you one last thing out the door here. So years ago, I was working security with Jerome Brown for a two live crew and it was down in South Florida. And my grandmother goes, cause I kept telling her about, she didn't know anything about two live crew or anything. And I'm working security. I mean, Luke could go, you ain't white, silly. Oh, you're Italian. So it's all good. Come over here. We're good. It's all right. So I'm working security. My grandmother goes, were you, were you at Seabreeze with that guy, Luther Campbell? Yeah. He goes, he got arrested. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, what, what was he? What are you? And I'm like, it's all right. It's all right. I just remembered those foundation years of rap when, when, um, Ice Cube and you guys were starting with NWA. Tupac was down there with him. He was boys with Tupac and all those guys. And even Suge, man, I played football against Suge when he was with the Rams. How's that? That's crazy when he was with the Rams and that. And then how he got the name Sugar Bear with his coach at UNLV. His real name is Sugar Bear. They just dropped the, the, the Sugar and named him Suge or the Bear they dropped because he played at UNLV. And for Harvey Hyde. And I'm sitting, Harvey Hyde goes, you know, you want to meet Suge? And I met him years ago. So I've been connected with that group and all you guys for a long time. And I appreciate this. Have a great next couple months. I'll, I'll harass you in about six months from now. Cube, thank you so much, my friend. All right, man. Take it easy. You got it. The legendary Ice Cube. We appreciate him coming aboard with us here. Thank you so much. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, shop, have a beer, Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard, give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here, good at Hooters everywhere now, Hooters gifts are always favored.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Ice Cube, damn, I love that guy. Would we not agree? How about this one? Where would you rank him in the pantheon of rappers? Where would you put Ice Cube? By the way, I'm going to do my top. I didn't do it yesterday. My top 10 NFL teams. We're going to do that at the top of the hour. Also, week 18 of the NFL, we're going to reset a little bit with today's drama. As the Eagles turn, is that not a good headline? As the Eagles turn. Cuba is one of the greatest of all time. It's no debate. See? That's a politician's answer. That Tone is becoming a very astute media guy. He is getting it. The jargon, the punchlines, knows how to kind of keep a conversation, closing up the gaps. He has no gaps in his conversations. This guy's getting it. Where would you rank Ice Cube in the Pantheon and see? It's a brilliant answer by Tone Loke over there. Absolutely. It's one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> I know. Top 10. I'd still go Tupac. Okay? I'd say Tupac Shakur for me. I won't lie. I'm going to go Biggie Smalls too. I'm going to go... Ice Cube, three. Snoop, four. Eminem, five. That would be my top five. 
I think Eminem's the greatest lyricist of all time. Okay? That would be my top five. Okay? And and agreed. Hey, Biggie's, Biggie's albums, man. There's not a freaking thing on them albums that are bad. I mean, it's just great music. And, and I love West Side Connection, too, when uh, the Gangster, the Killer, and the Dope Dealer. I love all. I mean, that's a really great album. I like that, man. Joe Flacco, Vinny Testaverde 2.0? I don't think so. Joe Flacco's had a better career. Now, Public Enemy's a band. Chuck E's phenomenal. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck D's a phenomenal, phenomenal rapper. Okay, and it's a phenomenal band. I'm talking about the dude. Nas is good too, man. He is. Yeah. Do you think Dre's a great rapper? I don't. Okay. Thank you, LJ. I think Dre's a great producer. I do. I think he writes great rhymes. I think he writes great rhymes. I think he's awesome at it. But do I think he's a phenomenal rapper? I don't know. He's got some great. Hey, Chronic is the greatest album maybe of all time in rap history. It's truly the great. It's a great album. If I had to put the greatest album, rap album, would you not agree, Tone, the greatest rap album of all time? It's got to be Chronic. I don't, I, don't, I don't like Jay-Z's music. I don't think Jay-Z's. I'm, I'm not, I don't think Jay-Z's a good rapper. I think he's okay. Okay, I do. I think he's a great producer. I think he's a great... Snoop's probably the greatest, like, rapper guy. Tupac's a great writer, a lyricist. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. I would lean more to Doggy Style by Snoop, but The Chronic is legendary. Dude, those, yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Dre produced both of them. Am I right? I think Dre produced both them albums. I don't think 50's better than 50 better than Jay-Z. Probably. Sounds about right. Yeah, dude, Eminem is spectacular as a lyricist. And Ice T said that. And I got great respect for Ice T too. Snoop, Snoop's a great, he's a great rapper. Great rapper. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I see it, but I'm, I'm more, I'm more of a gangster rapper guy. I don't like the new, like the Kendrick Lamar stuff and all that soft shit today. That's not where I'm at. I don't. My daughter likes all that stuff, and I'm, you know, I don't know. I think the women rappers are better actually today than the guy rappers. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, Devin, I met Easy E a long time ago, and I I told uh, Cube when he was on about two years ago, the guy that played Easy E in um, Straight Out of Compton, the way he moved on stage, unbelievable. He looked exactly like Easy E. I could not believe how they got that and how they did that. That kid looked exactly and moved on stage exactly like Easy E would. Eze was a very approachable dude. Okay, very approachable. 
Okay. Yeah, no, man. I just, yeah, no. We're gonna, hey, we're gonna do our top. We're gonna reset on as the Eagles turn. We're gonna do that. Is is that a good name for it? We got to come up with the name for the drama series that's going on at Novacare. You know, back in the day, again, this is way before your time. I was a little kid. There used to be a thing called like Peyton Place or like um, General Hospital. You know those soap operas? As the Eagles turn. I got to come up with a good soap opera because this is a soap opera. Howie's World. Like, Like Dallas. Howie's world. Nah, that does. As Howie turns. Falcon crest. Eagle crest. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and, and as the lies turn. Oh, my God. Hey, I, oh, look at that, senor. And now it's time for always lying in Philly. <laughs> Okay, and now it's time for Always Lying in Philly. Oh, my God, I love that. Silly, you're just a hater. (laughs) Let me reset. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Keep it here. Tone? Commercial? Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Nick Pinocchio. How's that fit? Pinocchio's talking at the uh, microphone right now. Who's Nick Pinocchio? He's the head coach of the Eagles. Days of our lives. Days of our jives. No, days of our lies. That's better. Days of our lies. And now we go live in Philly for days of our lies. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Nick Pinocchio. That's the new name for your guy. Holy cow. This guy's a bigger bullshit artist than LJ. <laughs> oh, my God. There he is. Nick Pinocchio. <laughs> AJ, hey. <laughs> uh, thank god nick's kids aren't teenagers because those high schools oh my god in philly holy cow i bet you the teachers are probably going are you nick's kid yeah okay they probably give you half they probably give you half of your lunch that you're supposed to get in philly can you imagine working at a at a school, and you're a diehard Eagle fan. It's Sirianni's kid. Probably not going to do it to the girl because she's adorable. The kid you kind of get away with. The girl's adorable. You know, can I tell you something, Tone? The chick was telling us. The little girl was telling us from the beginning when she was mimicking her dad. She was telling us. She had him down. She knew from the beginning. She knew from the beginning when she was goofing on him at the press conference. Told her, hey. The little girl with the hat on sideways. She was the. That's probably the best press conference he's ever done. Is with his daughter there. Because she was. That was one of the greatest press conferences I've ever seen. 
with a little girl sitting there and she was just crushing her father. You know, we're trying to get everything across. She's like, head him down, get to the point, get to the point. <laughs> Dorble. 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 Yeah, man. She 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 had him down. We should have known. And now we go to Philly for the days of our lives. Holy cow, that thing today, unbelievable. You had press conferences today to clean up your messes that you've created. Where's the owner in this? Why doesn't he say anything? Why is it the owner saying anything? Why is it the general manager saying anything? Why is this up to the coaches and the players who have really no say in the direction of the organization? Why do they have to clean up their mess? What? Why is that? Why is it on them? Because they're the public figures? So you can mess this team up from upstairs, and the players are all going to be held accountable. Firings will happen. Demotions will happen. And everything will stay the same in the analytics department. With Julian, Howie in the GM chair, and Jeffrey in the throne chair. That's what you got going on here. You got one guy that sits in a throne. You, you, you got another guy, right? Who's the analytics guy? Everybody's got their little place. It's an illusion completely. They want you to believe Sirianni and the players are pulling the strings and actually pulling it together. Correct, Tone. This is a Broadway play. And they're playing you. Meanwhile, Howie's sitting at his desk preparing walking papers for half the building. Correct. Oh, yeah, Howie's already started doing it. Let's see. Who goes? Who goes? Who would you want walking out the building? Get this. Does Shaw decide deserve to be fired? No. But he will be. Does Brian Johnson deserve to be fired? No. But he will be. This is kind of like, some of you are too young, like my friend Tone. When Watergate, when Haldeman and Ehrlichman were fired, all the president's men, these are all of uh, Nick Sirianni's men. They'll fire those guys first. And, it, hey, would you ever think Nick Sirianni would resign? Would they ever force him to resign? Not fire him? Would you ever think they would ask him to resign? You know how you save face? You resign. I think this team needs a better direction. I think this team... And you walk out of the building saving your career instead of getting blown out like Doug. See, when Doug walked out, he had a Super Bowl ring. He was going to get another chance. Okay, Nick still has a Super Bowl... 11 months ago. Okay? 
You could probably still hang it, plus the winning record. And you're going to have a winning record this year. If you're Nick Sir, hey, you know what? I've never thought about it. If you're Nick, do you want to hang around with this? Or do you want to have job security where you'll have an opportunity to have other gigs? Because if you get fired and you lose these two gigs, think about this, guys. If he gets fired going 12 and 5, and what is he? 26 and 8 in two years, and he gets fired with an NFC championship and three playoff appearances. What owner is going to hire him? Because they're going to go like this. What happened? Obviously, something happened. You don't fire that. Dude, if I'm Sirianni and his agent, aren't you doing this? How's the waters going, Nick? Are they hot? You think the waters are hot around Nick right now? Dude, you have to have a plan, too. They have a plan. Don't trust them. If you're Sirianni, you shouldn't trust them either. Don't trust them. They're capable of doing anything. As Doug and Andy. Anybody in his right mind would hire him if he resigned from the Eagles. Guys went to three straight playoff appearances. He won an NFC title. He was in the Super Bowl 11 months ago. They were 12-5 and five this year, and he just didn't think the team was listening to him and thought that the team needed a better direction, and maybe he wasn't the right guy for that moment. You know what that's code for? They're telling me to do things upstairs that I didn't want to do. Do you know what a shot in the ass that would be to Howie and Jeffrey Laurie if he resigned? Wow. What an indictment on them. He could turn the tables on them. You know, you, you haven't come from that angle, have, have you yet? Right, Tone? You didn't come from that angle. Guys, you want to turn the tables so you want to look better on the way out? I will look better on the way out the door than me getting fired if I lose to the Giants in the opening round where I've got to sit around and pray for my job. Because if you get fired, every owner's going to go, what happened? Doug goes, that would be the ultimate plot twist. Well, we are in the days of our lives. If you're Nick Sirianni. You see, he's in the days of his life. The Eagle management people are in the days of lies. How are you talking about all of this as you're two weeks out from a playoff? (laughs) How are you doing? Hey, by the way. Is there a chance that the Giants can beat the Eagles? Yes. Is there a chance Washington can beat the Cowboys? Yeah. You know why? How about Ron Rivera wanting to go out the door there with his guy, Eric Bieniemy, sticking it to the Eagles like Lovey did last year when he won that last game? And put the Texans in the two spot. How do you think he'd like to do that? Hey, Philly. How you doing? Right? Congratulations to you. You end up winning yourself the division title. The Cowboys get killed. And you beat them again 
second straight year. Hey, the Cow- hey, Washington was done last year. They beat the Cowboys at the end of the season last year. Don't hey, Arizona was done. Don't talk like look at this. Shooter goes, Washington's done. Arizona had three wins. You are sounding like you have some iconic Eagle team. The Arizona Cardinals would 53 trash cans beat you. I might not think. Now, here's the question before we get to my top 10 teams here. Do you rest the players against the Giants? Do you rest Jalen Hurts? Ooh, and he doesn't get 4,000 yards. Or do you play him a half? Here's a better question for you. Do you want to play four quarters of football in the final game of the season, knowing that it probably doesn't have anything to do with anything that will have any bearing on your seating? Are you scoreboard watching to see what Dallas does? Now, if Dallas has a gigantic lead and you go into halftime, do you pull your guy? Or do you play him the whole game? It won't matter if you lose. Well, maybe it does matter because the Lions are still moving around. Well, the Lions got beat by the Cowboys, so I don't know what that does with the seeding. I think you got a scoreboard watch, like LJ said. I think you got a scoreboard watch. Because if the Cowboys have a huge lead, I'm sitting hurts. I, 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 I can't have him injured going into the playoffs. He's the only thing that gives me a chance to win. Watch old Nick, though. They'll start running RPOs in the final game of the year. Hurts gets hurt. And that he will get fired then. Let me say this to you. If that kid gets hurt in the final game of the year, that'll cap off a firing. Do you not agree? If Jalen gets hurt in that final game, because of shitty play calling, like you got Devontae hurt. Devontae, is he playing? Is Devontae Smith playing in this game against the Giants? Have we seen that yet? I mean, I'm so caught up in the chaos on what's going on with that team. Is he is he playing? Where's Nate Sudfeld? God knows. He's in the Eagle ether. He is supposedly out of a boot and crutches and should be full go. Oh, that's what I want. Hey, thanks, Tone. So he just get out of a cast, out of a boot and off crutches and out of a wheelchair. He's ready to go. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Am I really playing that guy in a giant game? Silsy just came out of the boot, out of a wheelchair, and off a stretcher in a gurney. But he's ready to go Sunday against the Giants. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. You mean to tell me you don't have anybody else? Oh, that's right. You don't. No, you got Queasy Watkins. 
Oh, wait, you got Kenny Gainwell. That's right, more touches for Gainwell. That's what they want anyway. That's right. You'll see a lot more Queasy Watkins in Kenny Gainwell. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Queasy Watkins and Kenny Gainwell will be stars in the Giant game, I think. Isn't he the Giant killer? Or is that Boston Scott? I don't know. I forget. I'm so lost in the roster right now. Queasy Watkins. Okay. The five seat almost better. I, dude, you you have no layup. Mike Evans is probably chomping at the bit to get a hold of the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. Okay. Good old Queasy Watkins. Okay, so before we get into my top five, here's how it would look as of right now. Here's your playoff look. Going into the final week, Niners at 12 and four, Ravens at 13 and three. From what I'm understanding, you're not playing Lamar Jackson at all. So Ravens are probably going to go 13 and four. Knowing Jim, knowing John Harbaugh, he'll win that game because that's just how good a coach he is. So right now the Cowboys are in the two seed. I don't trust the Cowboys. But guess what? My trust level with the Cowboys has actually raised since Arizona killed you. Isn't that funny? Remember what I told you? The poor loss to Arizona will always put a stench in my mouth when it comes to the Cowboys. Well, you got the same one now. So you're even, and they killed you. Cowboys are better right now. So the Packers would have to go to Dallas. Packers at Cowboys in two weeks. Then it would be Rams at Lions. And then the Eagles have to go to the Bucks. And that would turn out to be Cowboys win. Rams Lions, who we got? It's in Detroit. Detroit's never won a wild card game in the history of the franchise. Man, Sean McVay's a great coach. See, I don't think the Rams could go on a long run. But I think the Rams can beat that Lions team. I'm going to say upset. I'm going to say the Rams win that game and beat the Lions. Ah. I'm going to go. No, I'm going to hang Lions. Okay. Eagles Bucks. I'm going to give you this. <clears throat> then it's Eagles in the divisional round at San Francisco for your baptism. <laughs> and you're going to be dunked in water. Okay. Right there in the Pacific Ocean. 
you're going to get your christening. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're going to get baptized in that game. So, as I said to you, I, I, I predicted Cowboys and Eagles in the conference championship game. And I said the Cowboys would win because the Cowboys would host this game at home. If the Eagles were somehow to beat San Francisco, the NFC championship game, as of today, would be in Dallas. Okay? I don't think you could beat San Francisco. So it's Cowboys and San Francisco. I guess I got to hang with my prediction because I said the Cowboys would go to the Super Bowl. Gee, Sills, you predicted the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? I did. The Dallas Cowboys, for the first time in 28 years, upset the San Francisco 49ers and go to the Super Bowl. Now let's take a look at this over on the AFC side. Let's see how my predictions came. Like I predicted you to go to the Super Bowl last year. Let's see if I get this one right. Okay. Ravens bye. It would be Dolphins and Colts. Colts would play the Dolphins at Dolphins. Then it would be Bills at Chiefs. Then it would be Browns at Jags. I would say the Dolphins win. The Bills win. The Browns beat the Jags. Browns and Ravens. Dolphins and Bills. Bills beat the Dolphins. Ravens upset the uh the Browns upset the Ravens. Top defense in the NFL resides in Cleveland. Bills beat the Browns. And my prediction of Bills and Cowboys comes to fruition. As I predicted. You're welcome. I hate to see it. That, but I believe they did lift the curse finally and duck Jimmy into the ring, but they ain't going to the ship. I don't know, man. My prediction's looking pretty damn solid right now. Come on now. Come on. Come on in here with me. Say it with me. Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh. Oh. Oh, shit. Dude, that'd be something else. The Cowboys win the Super Bowl and the Eagles had a meltdown. And the Eagles were better. Shit. That might get your ass fired. That might get your ass fired. 
You know what I'm saying? That might get your ass fired. I predicted Bill's Cowboys Super Bowl. Why you doing, man? I did that back in September. Shit. Shit. Cowboys, remember I said Cowboys are going to win the NFC. But I thought they'd play the Eagles at the link. I did. Even a broken, I noticed two years in a row, I picked your team to get to the Super Bowl. I thought they'd play the Bills last year. They played the Chiefs. I, I, I picked the NFC champion. It could be two years in a row. You're welcome, LJ. You're welcome. How do you like that prediction, Tone? But wait. They have six losses. They don't have a better record than us. They're not 10 and 2. <laughs> like it mattered. Your record didn't matter. How good you're playing matters. That's all that matters. How good are you playing? You guys are going through with you guys are going through a soap opera. Other teams are preparing for the playoffs. Guarding the NFC. Sucks ass. <laughs> Holy cow. Let me tell you this to you. You want to know what and how hot a seat Nick Sirianni will be if that Cowboy team wins the Super Bowl this year? Whoa. Oh, my God. Dude, that guy's, that guy's backside will have a brand on it by the end of the offseason. You can guarantee you they are not going to be happy. Uh, hey, that guy will not be given a lot of room. That runway got as that hey that runway got as short as Maverick. The second movie when he had to take off on that runway, that was blown up, man. Okay, that taxiway guy lost a wheel. This guy won't even have a decent time to land. He won't be able to land on the aircraft carrier known as USS Novacare. Upset. Cowboys upset by Packers, of course. Eagles upset by Bucks. Why not? You got beat by the Cardinals. The Cardinals. And the greatest of Jonathan Gannon. How embarrassing. Here are the Super Bowl odds. You know, you're not that bad, actually. Vegas and Atlantic City are still hanging in there with you a little bit. The Jags and the Browns are at plus 3,300. The Lions at plus 2,000. The Dolphins plus 1,200. Eagles. Plus 1,100, your fifth. Not bad for all the chaos that's gone on. I'm pretty shocked, actually. Chiefs, plus 900? That's not very good. Bills and Cowboys, plus 800. Ravens, plus 320. 49ers are favored to win it all. 225 plus. 49ers. 
Isn't it funny? They beat the shit out of you spiritually and mentally and organizationally, and you haven't recovered. Dude, usually when you get beat in a game, the next game you kind of go, well, you know, you lost two because one did a job on you. That game ended your season. Am I right when I say that? The 49er game may have ended your season. And that was four weeks ago. Hey, that happens. Team knocks the starch out of you and it's over. No way Dallas gets anywhere without a running game. Unless Dak turns into Brady, which I highly doubt. Well, he's had a great year this year. 32 touchdowns and nine picks. I mean, guys played great this year. Way to go, Mike McCarthy. Mike's done a nice job with him. Here are my top 10 NFL teams going into the final week of the NFL season. I probably have more respect for you than anyone out there right now. Fox Sports has you out of the top 10. I don't believe that. You know why I don't believe that? And I'll go back to saying something that, to me, still, I believe 100%. Jalen Hurts isn't the style of quarterback or the type of quarterback that I want running my offense. Okay, he's not. However, he's the type of person that I would want running my offense and the type of person that I would want as a face of my franchise. So you could take that whatever you want. I think he overcomes a lot of shortgivings, coaching, meddling, his ability at times. He's not the greatest passer. He's getting a ton better. They're speeding it up too much, though. They need to go in smaller increments and in developing him. I mean, you know, if you rush him too much, he has a chance to be better than Michael Vick. But if you keep rushing him the way you're rushing him, he'll never he'll never fulfill his prophecy of being what could be um, a better quarterback than McNabb. You need, you need to really evaluate yourselves, if you're the Eagles, on how you're coaching him. Let Jalen dictate. Am, am, am I right when I say this? Jalen dictated his growth spurt by playing Jalen Hurts football. The Eagles have stunted his growth spurt in the way they wanted him to play, in the way they wanted Jalen Hurts to play. Think of that. The organization slowed his progression down. Jalen Hurts is so good because Tone said it earlier when we were talking. Look at his numbers, Dan. The numbers are a result. All the good is a result of Hurts. All the bad is a result of the organization. I blame the organization for half those turnovers. Because they didn't know where to throw the ball in critical situations and in situational play calling. They didn't know where to go with the ball. Last year, they did. This year, they didn't. Hence the turnovers. Hertz has had to do so much. He dropped it a bunch of times on the carpet. Thing looks like a train wreck. And get this, all the great things he did are diminished. Why? Turnovers. 
He was more effective last year not throwing for four grand than he is this year, potentially throwing for four grand. How's that possible? Well, you had untimely turnovers that the team puts you in. They stunted his growth. That's right, senor. They still don't know where to go with the ball. And you got coaches lying for no reason. Your players bitching. It's Wednesday. You get a game in four days. You might want to focus on that. Stupidity. Here we go. Big Sills, top 10. NFL teams, number 10, one of the absolutely best coaching jobs of the year. Unbelievable job. From where that Rams team has come, I'll tell you something. I pray to God that Raheem Morris gets an opportunity at getting another chance at being a head football coach. He's a DC at the Rams, and the Rams have really, really turned it on. That that Puka Nakua kid, they're really pushing him to be the rookie of the year offensively. But there's not a chance in hell, in my opinion, because I think Stroud's the better guy. However, that guy has had a sensational year. From what I understand, he's on the cusp of breaking a record that was held since like the mid-60s for the Houston Oilers, some dude. Mid-60s for a rookie getting over like 1,400 yards receiving. It's incredible. You know, and, and get this. I, I mean, I don't remember him at BYU. I can't believe how good he is. And then Cup's starting to come around now. He's been Cooper Cup this year, actually. Sean McVay's done a wonderful job. I don't really like the completion percentage where Matthew Stafford is right now. It's 62-1. That's a little low. That means he's prone to turnovers in the playoffs. You know, 62-1? You know, Jalen Hurts is still floating at around completing seven out of every 10 passes. I don't know. That doesn't seem high for a guy like Stafford. But then Stafford's always had that issue. Okay. And and by the way, uh, the Rams, their best thing would be being on the road in the playoffs. You know why? They don't have a home field advantage. Have you ever watched a Rams game? It doesn't matter if the Canton Bulldogs come in there. They'll have a bigger crowd than the Rams. This is crazy. I have the Kansas City Chiefs at nine. They're 10 and 6. By the way, of the top 10 teams, five are NFC, five are AFC. Funny how that whole thing ended up coming out balanced. I got the Chiefs at 10 and 6. They're really good defensively. I don't see it offensively. Isn't that crazy? With a two-time Super Bowl MVP, they've been to five AFC Conference Championship games in a row. And I see them as the ninth best team in the league. Mm. At number eight, I've got the fake Rolexes, known as AKA the Miami Dolphins at 11 and five. Miami can't beat physical teams. They're like, they're like a, um, they're, they're, they're just not physical. They're like a fake Prada bag, fake Rolexes. They're just, it's just, I don't, I mean, you're 11 and five. I think the Bills beat them. The Bills killed them the last time they played them. 
I think they kill him again. Now, the advantage is it's in South Florida. This is an incredible story, too. Kevin Stefanski's got to get a lot of love, in my opinion, for NFL Coach of the Year. He's got to get love. How in the world? Am I right? The Browns have the same record as the Eagles? How? Was Joe Flacco a backup in Philly? Wasn't he a backup in Philly last year? Did I did I did I remember that right? Was Flacco in Philly last year before he went to the Jets? Or was that the year before? Joe Flacco and the Browns have the same record as the Philadelphia Eagles. That's insane. I got them as the seventh best team. Now, mind you, um, Fox Sports doesn't have the Eagles in the top 10. I have the Eagles sixth. I have them at 11 and five, and they're sixth. A um, lot of drama, a lot of noise, and not enough football talk. I spend more time today talking like, Talk Soup. My show should be the National Talk Soup Show. Today. It's like Talk Soup. All we talk about is the drama going on with like movie stars. It's like Talk Soup. It's like the E! Channel. Like, you know, those guys doing those exposés on, on like the failed Hollywood actors. That's kind of what this has turned into. Coming up on E, as the lies turn in Philly. Of all these teams too, man, the drama, usually the drama's around the, this is the best thing ever happened to the Cowboys, the Eagles. There's more drama around the Eagles than the Cowboys. I never thought I'd say that. I got the Lions at five. 11 and 5. Dan Campbell and that stupidity of going for the um, two-point conversion. Dude, kick the freaking field goal or the extra point. Kick it. Beat him in overtime. The Cowboys would have folded. Instead, he gave Cowboys life, and you basically gave them the NFC East by doing that. You would have had you would have put the Cowboys on the road. Okay. And they wouldn't have had a chance to host two playoff games. Think about what they did. A NFC scheduling wise, they gave the Cowboys a chance to have two home games. Now at in Arlington, where they're unbeatable. So in theory, you 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 set the table for them and you made their least amount of resistance to get to the NFC title game easier than having kicked it and make them win and make them beat you in overtime. I just should, should have kicked it. Always remember something. Trey goes like this. Nassil's refs got him. Don't ever go here. Here's a rule for you, Trey. Don't ever go into an opposing team's building thinking you're going to get the refs to side with you.
always put your own destiny in your own hands. If you think you're going to get calls at Jerry World and you're Detroit, that's wishful thinking. The league wants them in the NFC title game. The league wants them in the Super Bowl. What would make you think you're going to get the benefit of the doubt? I got the Cowboys at four. I got a little more faith in them after you got killed by Arizona. I got the Bills at three, playing some great football. I got the 49ers at two, and I got the Baltimore Ravens at three. Explain this to me. Here lies the difference. Here lies the difference between what... Think about this, guys. Here lies the difference in what the Ravens did with their $50 million quarterback. What's the new coordinator's name? Munkin? What's his name? The new coordinator in Baltimore? So they gave this kid... $250 million, paid him $51 million. And what did they do? Well, we want to get him to another level. Okay? We want to get him to another level. So we're going to have to hire a coach who is going to help him get to where we think his skill set can take him. And do you know what that guy did, that offensive coordinator? Do you know what they did? How many offensive systems do you think Todd Munkin probably had with quarterbacks that he's used in the past? You know what he did? Unlike what they do in Philly. You ready? Todd Munkin walks into Baltimore and says, this is what he does great. This is what he does poorly. This is what he does decent. This is what he does average. This is what he can't do. This is what he's spectacular at. What do we need personnel-wise? And how do we approach fundamentally in situational play calling that will give us the best chance to win games? Not put up numbers, but to win games. He came up with a game plan and a strategy, and um, a play sheet that was conducive to the Todd Munkin changed who he was to fit the skill set of the quarterback. That's coaching. That's having vision. That's understanding your personnel. That's also been given from the top with Eric Costa, the owner, and everybody feeling comfortable in their hires. They basically put, get this, think about this with John Harbaugh too. John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, Ozzie Newsom, Steve Biscotti, all those guys put the faith in the hands of Todd Munkin, a new coordinator who hadn't been in the building with a brand new $250 million toy and said, we want you to do this with him. And they stayed out of his way. And he's going to win his second MVP award. By the age of 26. 
that guy should get a job for NFL head coach. I mean, that's almost kind of Shane Steichen stuff. What he's done with Lamar, whew, I'd like to see what he could do with Justin Fields. I'd give him the Atlanta job, make a trade for Justin Fields, and bring Fields down to Atlanta. See what we could do. Would you be open to that? Shit, I'd like to see Todd Monk and what he could do with Jalen Hurts. There's your replacement for Nick Sirianni, Todd Munkin. You're welcome. Todd Munkin is your replacement for Nick Sirianni. Remember something, though. Todd might not take that gig because he gets autonomy in that building. You ain't getting that there. You ain't getting that there. Todd Munkin. How about him with Jalen? How would you feel about Todd Munkin with Jalen Hurts as your head coach and play caller? I'd hire Lovey Smith as my DC if I were him. <laughs> no way. That's surrendering power. They want to hire somebody. You'd think Howie Roseman would hire a guy who took a shit on the McNair family on the way out the door in Houston and Lovey Smith being your DC. He's a great D coordinator. As a Georgia fan and half the Georgia team on this roster, I do you know what in the pants for this happening. Todd Munkin. You don't want to hire a gigantic name? Okay. Get the guy who created the MVP in the league who has a skill set like your quarterback. Nothing? Who do you think is a better coach? Play calling wise, Todd Munkin or Nick Sirianni? I think we just found your replacement. Oh, he's going to get a job. Atlanta will call him. Who else will call him? Would Tampa call him? Depends on what the Bucks do in the postseason. Bulls going to get him in there. They're going to fire. Whoa. Todd Monk into Chicago. They're going to fire Matt Eberflus. They'll fire him Monday. Get him a better coach. And they'll hire him in Baltimore. Watch. I would. I would hire him. You know why? Justin Fields will listen. He's going to have the equity of maybe a Super Bowl win and an MVP. I think that guy's a hot commodity. I'll take him over Eric Bannemi. 
especially with a Super Bowl winning an MVP, and you turn the guy who was already good into an MVP, I don't know. Let's take a timeout. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. idea of that Oreo cake. I've been thinking about that for two days, man. <laughs> yeah, I went to bed last night thinking about that thing. I, hey, I did, man. I go, you know, that guy was on to something, man. And you know, we can't get something out of your mind like that. He goes, yeah, my wife bought me a Oreo cake for my birthday. I'm like, Damn. I wish I thought that. You know what he made me do? 
I, I, I'm not really an ice cream eater because I'm lactose intolerant. I'm not really like, you know, but I'll, dude, if, if a doctor came to me and told me you can't eat shellfish anymore, I'm like, well, guess what? I'm going to OD on lobsters. So don't worry about that. I mean, that's how I'm going out. And so an Oreo cake. So I had like a little dish of ice cream last night, Briar's ice cream. I was like, damn. And I, I, I did that in honor of Tone. Because I was like, you know, I don't know if I can have that cake. Yeah. So I, I, I was probably like the best thing I just for me to do. I was like, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's in the best interest that I don't have the ice cream cake. I don't know, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. A cube talking about, uh, he's really a great guy. I love the guy. I'm so proud that he came on. I'm so proud we're friends. I was pretty dope that he did that for us. Absolutely crazy great. Yeah, so, hey, what hey, what drama do you think we get tomorrow? God, please, dear Lord, could we please have more drama tomorrow with the Philadelphia Eagles? This has been one of the greatest years I've ever seen. Do you know what the topics are right now? Are the Eagles problems fixable? Only in the offseason. When the henchmen get together and they drop guys through um, trap doors and they drop you through a trap door like Saddam Hussein. That, by the way, hey, Tone, that was one of the greatest moments me and my daughter ever shared on CNN. We sat around. We were hugging one another. And we watched that guy go through a trap door. It was a great family environment. It was one of the best things I've ever been involved with. My daughter goes, what happened to him? Eh, well, you know, peekaboo. <laughs> She's a little kid, too. But seriously, I, it, it, it was such a family bonding watching that guy go through that trap door. And my daughter looks at me and goes, what happened? I go, peekaboo. <laughs> yeah. So you get a little bit of my parenting skills. Oh, what happened then? Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're a bad guy. <laughs> Dad, would you do that to one of your boyfriends? You see, what I hey, I never told you guys this. When my daughter was two years old, I had her sign in green crayon that she'll never get married or ever have children at all ever, and she'll never leave the house. And I've got it framed. I'll show it to you. And I hold her to that to that agreement. I told her it's written in green crayon. She goes, that was two. I don't care. It was written in green crayon. Do you understand? Green, Italian. Hey, how you doing? You know, what are we doing here? All right. Hit the like button. Appreciate it. I don't know what drama we have tomorrow, but I'm sure it'll be there for us on display. You know, Tone puts his head down with Rob every day going, I just don't know. I don't. I go like this. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> oh. And Tone's going like this. If that Cowboy team, what Silio says, 
I will refuse to work a week if that Cowboy team wins that Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I won't be able to handle it. Tone, I love you, man, so much. You do such a great job. We couldn't do the show without you. Two to six Eastern time. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you again, and we shall see you on the flip side. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.